0: I'm losing my read all this time. It's incredible. Listen, Dalton, you you <laughs> psychotic text person. You, I just, <laughs> Dalton, you'll text me like eight things, and then I'll answer it, and I'll ask you a question, and then you'll text me by eight no, other things, no, and completely ignore what things. I just answered.
1: I'll text you eight things, and you'll answer one. You'll answer one of the eight things. You do
0: the same to me, okay? <laughs> Listen here, motherfucker. <laughs> It's mutually <laughs> exclusive. Just so happens we have like polar opposite work schedules. So you're like 11 o'clock at night, I'm sleeping. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm on top of a plastic tower, banging it with a mallet. <laughs> <laughs> why that's a thing you do it's because
1: sometimes plastic gets stuck in the tower so they've got to climb like a 20-foot ladder and stand on this really sketchy rail and bang it with a hammer all
0: right that's the thing he really does for his <laughs> for his real job <laughs> <laughs> i've gotten i've gotten pictures and videos of him uh crawling up this giant what is it called a tower what is it called a vat? Uh, a silo a silo there you go yeah Oh, what's happening? How's everybody doing
2: this early Sunday morning? Yeah, I'm still in bed, as we discussed earlier. Uh, I was up all last night drinking uh, till about probably four or five in the morning. And, you know, a little peek behind the curtain here. It's uh, before 1030 a.m. So I'm still in bed on a Sunday
0: morning on a a Sunday Sunday
2: morning with a laptop on my lap and a Gatorade next to me, and we're just going to try <laughs> to make it through it.
0: So this is our this is our first three-man booth. Uh, it's also the first time we've ever recorded in the morning, uh, and I will say... <laughs> it's a great fucking day to do it, guys. Thanks. <laughs> Both Orange and Dalton are not known to be tremendous morning people, uh, so we'll see how this goes.
1: So you may uh, be wondering about the third voice you hear, the mysterious, elusive third voice. So, Orange Flacity, what's up? Well, you know hung over <laughs> <Chill out. laughs>
2: <laughs> in bed still <sighs> because i work today and this was the only time we could do this and we made, um, it, made
0: it happen yeah so it out,
2: we we made it happen uh all, all i can say is that our our subject today would probably be pretty disappointed in me for caving and getting on this podcast and then going to
0: work but you know <laughs> it's also something this, there's got to be there, an irony of we doing it on sunday morning which is usually time that, that people reserve for going to church um, uh
2: not a, not as ironic as you'd think there you go see not not as ironic as you think <laughs> we'll get into it but but, uh, I mean, definitely his teachings, though, uh, would say that, uh, it is more my will to, uh, have been continued to be sleeping after drinking all night last night, uh, <laughs> rather than wake up and do this podcast. But what
1: time did you go to bed?
2: Uh, hold on. If I check to see when I sent my last text message last night, uh, it's probably somewhere in the, It's somewhere around five a.m.
1: Jesus. Yeah. So. Eh, Not too bad. I went to bed four. All
2: right. Yeah. So you know. We're living.
1: (laughs) We're
0: living. Oh, well, cool, man. How was your week, Austin? Um, mine has been absolutely insane. Just working a ton of hours. Been uh, like a a temporary thing. So next uh, next week or so, I got some bunch of insane hours at work and things relaxed and. Take some days off and yeah, just just take it easy for you know, the independent days of the United States of America uh, and and enjoy what our forefathers have have given to us with honestly a lot of bad things. But um, yeah, yeah so days <laughs> I, I I will the days off are appreciated. So that's a lot of
1: what I've, I'll be doing. I think of it less as patriotic holidays and more as drinking holidays.
0: Oh yeah, for sure, hundred percent. Oh Absolutely. yeah, um,
1: yeah. I'm driving down to New York City
2: on friday so like yeah there there will be a lot there will be a lot of drinking being done there will be a lot of irresponsible decisions made really going is kind of an irresponsible decision financially but you know here we are we're out here
0: and i will get to see you when you're yes when you you're will in New York City, so we get to see in person We're yes you will we, we we ditched dalton and we just said we're gonna we're gonna go out to we're gonna do this together we're we're going yeah, yeah, to yes. To a quick uh, plug for MV um, Young's uh, Polyam Cult Part 4, which is a, uh, an event that we will both be attending in Brooklyn. And actually, if you catch my grift, is a sponsor of one of the matches on the show. So it's our, our wrestling crossover in Griftlandia. Yep. With, expect uh, a full
1: lower third of our logo. I expect a full explanation of what our podcast is. Actually, the whole match. There's fuck commentary. Just play our podcast over the whole match. <laughs> <laughs> play play this podcast
2: specifically. I'll even I'll do you a favor and we'll line it up here. Uh, yeah. So PB Smooth sends uh, Big Calyx off the ropes and a beautiful big boot right there from PB Smooth. <laughs> <And it> was,
0: <laughs> There, there was no con involved with that, that was all contact. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Problem is, is, like I'm not going to go and, and heckle that match because we happen to sponsor the match that has the two largest men involved with TV yeah. and Calix. So now if I knew that the plan was to go in and heckle it i would have picked a different match because i there's some of those guys i I could probably at least go with but not who's a big man (laughs) is (laughs) too.
2: yeah so i don't know if you've seen uh just for example there's a cpa versus big game leroy on the card Yep. I think you could take either of those guys, although why would you want to fight CPA?
0: I wouldn't want to. Like He's I'm, I'm such not a sweet I, boy. I have no hostility towards anybody in that in that but I'm just saying from a purely physics, you know, standpoint that yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I stood next to Smooth a couple of weekends ago and I was like well he looks big and he is big. He's a very yeah. tall man. Yeah, six foot nine. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's as we
2: chanted at that after party. That's six a, foot nine.
0: That's a real height. That's not a that's not a made up number. And for anybody no. who's listening to this that doesn't know wrestling, a lot of times heights and weights are grossly exaggerated and just can't tell over camera, but um, yeah. Well, I mean,
2: was, if, if we're still talking about the grift, that is professional wrestling. Uh, we don't say PB smooth is six foot nine. We say PB smooth is around seven feet tall. Right. technically exactly. <laughs> exactly Correct. But also, I
0: mean, you know. to be fair, anything over six, six is closer to seven than it is to six foot tall. Right. So, you know, if you're really, if you're, if, if, you're...
2: if a man who stands six foot six tall, starts walking around <laughs> saying he's almost seven foot i'm gonna start calling
1: bullshit
0: it happens well, all the time on tinder what are you talking about i mean if you if you are to believe the mythos and andre the giant was almost eight feet tall and you know it's like...
2: i think right. andre was like six eight
0: yeah i don't think he was i think he was barely seven later tall. in life he,
2: he at one point was seven feet tall and then like his spine did a thing that right. all wrestlers <laughs> spines do because it turns out when you fall on your back a bunch for a living it's not great for the back nope. uh so or your, or your head or your head so you know he shrunk over the
0: years i would just say, knowing at all the, the head injuries that have happened in pro wrestling just say that we're really um fortunate as a society that jesse Ventura came out as well as this man what a hero what, a, what are a guy. you
2: talking about that dude thinks lizard people are real <laughs> yeah but not in the anti-semitic way and that's the important part exactly
0: it's like give me a cons- it a conspiracy. <laughs> close. It give me a good conspiracy that doesn't return back to anti-semitism and i'm i'm game you know what i'm game. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm listen this may get me canceled at one point in the future when he really just doesn't complete 180 but i am pro ventura
2: <laughs> when when ventura like starts like spewing the anti-Semitic part of the conspiracy theory we have to get rid of this portion of the yeah, podcast we'll, right we'll, here we'll
0: go back and scrub it and then repost it <laughs> it's okay i'll get even it in post it, just this
2: episode never happened where's episode
0: we're, 11 or whatever number this is we'll like, talk uh, about
2: that. we just we mixed up the numbering
0: <laughs> we mixed
2: up the numbering it's tragic Oh, it, was <laughs> it was never an episode
0: eleven. It was never an what episode. What's that? We don't recognize that specific prime number as actually being a real thing, a real number. Yeah. You
1: know well done.
0: Is- what about you? What was how was your week? Sorry, we went off on a we went de- we down the road.
1: Yeah, man, it was good. It was good. So for the uninitiated, a little peek behind the curtain, you may have saw on our socials that we got to meet each other in person. Yes, last
0: yes, we did.
1: It was pretty cool. I'm glad that nobody was a weirdo. Like everybody was actual normal person for the most part.
0: Yeah, and, no, it was a ton of fun. Yeah. I
2: mean, there was that one dude who, in that Airbnb we were staying at, uh, just decided to start grabbing these weird bottles of uh, what was basically <laughs> vinegar, but wine, but had been so old that it's vinegar and he just started to drink him but uh i don't i don't remember who that was do you remember who that was austin
0: no i had a vague regulation it was like a blonde streak of hair that's all i kind of remember yeah, yeah, as yeah, the yeah, bottle yeah. went back and as the bottle was put down very quickly afterwards and the words this tastes like carpet uh
2: also uh, use <laughs> the accent use the accent because i just remember t- there, was an yeah, accent.
0: He, he, there was an accent something like this tastes like carpet <laughs> yeah i don't know who that was i don't remember that either the good part part is that the owner of the airbnb did not recognize that that said bottle bottle of uh vinegarized wine was missing and gave the guests in that uh airbnb a very positive review Perfect.
1: yeah if she only knew
0: <laughs> if she only knew yeah that was that was definitely that was a bottle of wine that was for show not for go that was it was, yeah. should not have been opened yeah Again,
2: we're not naming names.
0: No, no. It was
1: me everybody it was me yes, but I, that felt challenged. Was the implication. I felt challenged that, I felt challenged to do it Th- 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 had to
2: that do was it. the implication when we did the accent
0: yep <laughs> <laughs> well the thing, the thing about Dalton is if anybody's familiar with the Back to the Future where you know Marty McFly anytime someone calls him like a coward or yellow he has to do whatever it is that they're calling him turns out Dalton's just like that too so if you put him up to it and you really just pressure him and tell him that he's a coward he'll, he'll do pretty Pretty much anything so um it's good for me to know for future podcasts if there's ever one he really doesn't want to do i just you know pressure him into him that way because that switch it works so i think it comes with the territory right like it's a very specifically
1: southern thing to like oh man you pussy he won't do it it's like huh what
0: <laughs> you make it sound like it's so extreme it really wasn't that hard for you to start drinking that bottle we didn't know really <laughs> very much so like you're the one who found it you're the right. one who grabbed it and you were like y'all, y'all y'all ain't gonna dare me to do this we're like okay I you're never, like, okay i'm doing it and, and
2: originally you're right you i was like you're right no we're not and then you're like come on dare me and it's like all right well here we go <laughs> oh.
0: no one drink this absolutely no one go ahead drink this Dalton okay y'all dared me I'm gonna drink it
1: <laughs> Jesus the real travesty of that trip was at the bar after the AIW show I had two drinks that went on my tab two vodka Red Bulls those motherfuckers for $25 not at not peace but my total tab was $25
0: which for, for New York City I would have said no big surprise but this is yeah. Cleveland
2: That's even $1, $1. for $1. Cleveland drink? for cleveland that's expensive but when, yeah. when you realize like the bar we were at and you see the bar we were at it's like oh yeah, yeah yeah, they're gonna overcharge the fuck out
0: of us here as soon as i walked in i was like oh yeah oh yeah yeah i could, well, I, I could smell it on the outside of it i was like yeah it's, 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 the irony being called uh dive bar did not <laughs> escape me i was like <laughs> none of you people are walking into a dive bar this is not a this the, i listen i live in dive bars it's not a i would thing. much rather went to a dive bar
2: when I heard the place was called Dive Bar, I was like, perfect. This is this is the spot. And then we walked in and I'm like, not even close.
0: <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I don't no actual real dive bar would ever call themselves Dive Bar. So No, they just, wouldn't, you know, but you know, clearly it's this pretentious play to to seem like, Hey, we're gonna be a club, but you know uh while we're clubbing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would like to thank a
1: uh, certain AIW promoter for buying me shots without realizing he was buying me shots. That was pretty-
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: the thing. When Thorne
2: gets drinking and Thorne just has money, and he'll, he'll just start. Everybody close by will get a shot.
1: Well, luckily, I was sitting next to Alberti almost the whole time I was at the bar, and he would give Alberti a shot, and he would just give me a shot for being there, and I was like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> yep, that's how it works, <laughs>
0: Big shout out to Dustin Alberti.
1: Yeah, man. So let's get into it. Who are we covering today?
0: Yeah, this is all orange. We, we The two of us are along for the ride. Great. Thanks, guys. Definitely not, hung, <laughs> not, definitely not too hungover to
2: do this shit today. <sighs> Thanks, y'all.
0: Professional operation right here. Here we go. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Smooth operator himself. All right. So today we are covering the Great Beast 666, the most wickedest man in the world. Alistair Crowley so I, I assume you guys are arriving with some base knowledge of Alistair
0: I've, at I've least def- a little bit yeah I've fallen down a couple of you know Wikipedia rabbit holes in the past but I yeah I have to say my my, my exact working knowledge is not great I'm just, I just a very passing knowledge of it eh, there's a magic butthole Oof, we will I don't know how much we'll cover
2: the butthole today but uh <laughs> I mean, it'll come up at some point. It has to. Uh, the world's create. world's greatest power bottom. <laughs> so, who? Uh, before we really get into it, I just want to mention uh, my source today. Uh, we try to get Dalton to read it, but Dalton can't read. Uh, so, it's those Georgia public schools, y'all. It's a real travesty down there. I'm so glad I uh, edit
1: this podcast.
2: <laughs> don't edit that out. That's a good fucking joke, you asshole. <laughs> So, uh, again, yeah, the source for today uh, is Magic, Rock and Roll, and the Wickedest Man in the World by Gary Lockman. Uh, I cannot recommend Gary Lockman's work enough. He is a fantastic author. Uh, He's a fantastic biographer. uh, And really, he does a great job of not just kind of telling the story, but really kind of making you realize, wow, Aleister Crowley fucked a lot of people's lives up. And I mean a lot. We're not going to cover all of them today because we couldn't possibly, uh, but we're going to try to get into like the main ones. Um, And this, this grifter is going to be a little different from some of the other people Dalton and Austin cover, because this might be the first grifter to where we have names of pretty much everyone he fucked over. Like, we know these people. Like, you know, we have, like, this this person was fucked over, and then he ruined this person's life, and then he ruined this person's life, and then he ruined this person's life. And really, it is a long list, but we are going to try to keep it concise today because I know Dalton and Austin, and they don't want this podcast to be four
1: hours. (laughs) No, we do not. So (laughs) we're going to... Little peek behind the veil. Our last podcast was three hours, and it was so long that I c- d- couldn't get it edited in a week. A week, I couldn't yeah. get it edited. So, so yeah, <laughs> um, I,
2: I omitted so much here. Just because I am trying not to do that to these boys today.
0: <laughs> well, uh, the other thing too is like I, you know, you gotta you kinda wet the appetite. And if people really like what they hear or they're interested, that's when, you know, you go get the book and you read the rest of it. There's no way on any of these that you can cover everything.
1: Or if it gets a lot of lessons, we bring orange back for part two.
2: Yeah. Uh, and we start to cover <laughs> some of the other stuff. Uh in my notes, I kind of so if you do pick up magic, rock and roll, and the wickedest man in the world, uh, there is actually A lot about the rituals of Aleister Crowley. I have almost omitted a lot. I almost not probably 95%. I'm not gonna get into breaking down the rituals with you guys today, just because I know that's probably not what your audience is here for. And I know again, we're trying not to be here for four hours. (laughs) You know, I gotta work at 3 p.m. We're not trying to be here for four hours. But if I guess if there's interest on the part of the audience. They can either go pick up the book Uh, again. It's magic rock and roll and the wickedest man, the world by Gary Lockman Uh, last podcast on the left does a series on Aleister Crowley, which focuses heavily on the rituals of Aleister Crowley. Uh, You can go listen to that. It's a fantastic three-part series. Uh, I'm not, I feel like there's another podcast that's covered uh, Alistair Crowley in the past and also went pretty heavy on the rituals because to most people, that's the interesting part. Uh, but we're trying to give you a little bit different a look at Aleister Crowley today. We're sure. we're not we're not going to so we're not a ritual magic podcast. We're not an occult podcast. There's plenty of other podcasts that cover that kind of stuff. We're we're trying to focus today a little more on the human element of it and actually focus on okay, so he fucked this person's life up. He fucked this person's life up.
0: Who is this guy and how
2: did he sway? Exactly. Uh, speaking of who is this guy, for those of you who don't know, Aleister Crowley is a or I guess it was because he's been dead for a while. Uh, <laughs> Aleister Crowley was an English occultist, ceremonial magician, poet, painter, novelist, mountaineer, drug addict, alcoholic, power bottom extraordinaire, <laughs> sugar baby, grifter, traitor to the English crown. And by the end of it all, he kind of Alex Jones is himself a little bit. Uh, and we'll get into what I mean by that. I can't uh, probably towards the end of the podcast. And I just want to commend Dalton real quick, uh, for not shouting during that because
0: I was ready for him to. <laughs> <and didn't>.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dalton is an Alex Jones, that triggers him. He's an Alex yeah. Jones Mark.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. So, like I said, he behaved himself here. I uh, will see, we'll see how he behaves himself a little bit later on, but uh, <laughs> Mm-hmm. so before we get talking about Aleister crowley i do want to bring up kind of the religion that he is credited and really he i say credited is if he didn't but he kind of did uh really start and kind of start to come up with uh called thelema uh a lot of you who are familiar with alistair crowley Already uh, probably associate a few things with him, uh, including the whole do as thou wilt uh, thing. Uh, and that comes from Thalema. Uh Thelema is kind of a culmination of Aleister Crowley's teachings, uh, especially if you read his uh, a lot of his works, The Book of the Law, The Book of Lies, other things that Aleister Crowley published over the years, which... Honestly, I can't recommend enough. Uh, yeah, I know we don't usually come on this podcast and start to shill the books of the grifter, uh, but they're actually very well written books uh, and actually quite readable. He keeps it short, uh, so you know if you're in the, if nothing else, the books of Alistair Crowley. If if there's that goth chick you've had your eye on for a while now, and <laughs> you're you're looking to invite her over. And you know you want to spice the place up a little bit, you know, make her feel you know a little more uh, at home, or you know, impressed a little bit more by you. Uh, you know, just pick up a few books, Alistair Crowley, and throw them on your bookshelf.
1: You have to look hard for them, or are they like no, 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 they're really, like really easy to find.
2: I think you, I think I can literally pull up Amazon right now. Hold on, the book of say, the law,
0: probably the second grifter we've had where I would actually say try and read the source material because you can literally
2: get a copy of the book of the law on amazon.com for five dollars
1: that's so cool (laughs) yeah
0: yeah well most of the grifters we've talked about their their self-published or published works have been absolute dumpster fires not only are just so stupid fucking scammy in the writing but also like i I had to order a book for an upcoming episode, and I got a hundred pages in, and I like—I've I, never really like thrown a book across the room, but I did with this <laughs> one. I was like, "This is the worst fucking book I've ever read in my entire life." Yeah. And so, yeah, so most of these grifters, not great writers, but when there yeah. is one, I'd say Crowley, and I'd say the ones that we've covered, Ponzi's, is a lot of fun to read. He's yeah, little man.
2: Yeah. So again, I don't want to shill for Alistair Crowley here, but there you can get the Book of the Law, the Book of Lies. And seven 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 and other uh, quabalistic writings of Aleister Crowley, which that itself is not a fantastic book, uh, but the other two are. You get those three in a combo pack for thirty eight dollars on Amazon.
1: Oh, that's good. looks like I know what's going on my coffee table.
2: Yeah, good. They're they're great coffee table books. It, for if nothing else, they're fantastic just to have on the coffee table. Again, especially if you're inviting that goth chick over, and you know you want to impress <laughs> her a little bit. Uh, <laughs> That's
0: Dalton, that's the move. Don't better not be inviting any chicks over to impress at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, married. That's a married <laughs> man right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to impress my wife with it. What do you mean?
1: <laughs>
2: Look man, if she's stuck around this long, I think she's plenty impressed.
0: I, mean, <laughs> I don't know about that
1: one, brother.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so back to F- Thelema. Uh that whole do as thou wilt thing comes from Aleister Crowley's teachings of Thelema. Aleister Crowley and this is going to start to sound very libertarian uh and, you know, problematic at times. Uh but Aleister Crowley believed that and taught through Thelema that human beings in their peak form are exercising their quote-unquote true will all the time and this means whatever it means for every human being if it is your true will to go out and help other human beings you know feed the poor uh how, shelter the homeless etc that is your will and go about it the thing is if it is also your will to walk down main street with a butcher knife cutting up the homeless that is also not just allowed in Thelema, but based on how Alistair Crowley talks, uh, necessary for Thelemic society to work. It's sounds like a
1: very anarchist point of view. Uh,
2: very libertarian, as I said. You know, so I, I, I don't want to say. So the way I kind of view Thelema, and I apologize to any Thelemites out there who are going to send angry emails uh, to Dalton and Austin about
1: this, I guess. I guess really, I apologize to Dalton and Austin. <laughs> no, just to apologize. If you, have angry, if you have angry emails, bring it. Austin checks that shit. I don't. Like yeah, it. Austin <laughs> reads the email. Uh, so Gee,
2: it's <laughs> kind of the same way I line up the libertarians is kind of the way I line up the thelemites. Like Satanism kind of uh, involves a lot more personal responsibility. So I'd I'd say that thelema is to socialism or no hold on i'm doing this all backwards i'd say thelema is to satanism and especially the teachings of like anton LaVey, uh what basically libertarianism and socialism are so they're very different right uh crowley was not not a satanist uh he was a thelemite and like i said two very different schools of thought here uh in, in this true again this true practice of true will uh, a little bit later on uh, not to tip our hand we will talk a little bit about the abbey of the uh and it was believed by alistair crowley and the people he taught in the abbey of thelema uh that basically slaves would arrive at some point uh and just start taking care of the place uh because they another teaching of Aleister Crowley is that non-Thelenites would act as slaves for the Thelemites, You know, nice. a perfectly, perfectly yeah. well-adjusted individual we're talking about here today.
0: <laughs> this is pleasant. They just arrive, they flock.
2: Yeah, they'll just show up, man. They'll, they'll <laughs> just show up. <laughs> All right, man, let's get into it. Yeah, so uh, Alistair Crowley, you will be a l- probably a little bit disappointed to know that wasn't his real name oh yeah yeah it's it's kind of sad right it's kind of like learning santa claus isn't real
0: (laughs) please tell me it's like francis
2: uh it's not uh (laughs) no it's edward it's ed oh he's an
1: ed he's ed Yeah, this makes a lot more sense
2: yeah 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 (laughs) based on the ed we know (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) uh so you guys can feel free to call alistair ed for the rest of this a podcast if you want i'm gonna try to now just because i like the way it sounds <laughs> older ed although if you uh, i guess it's probably not a good idea because like if somebody just like fast forwards through all this and then just like they're like listening and they're like who the fuck is ed <laughs> all right so we'll we'll go with alistair so he was born edward alexander crowley on october 12th 1875 in england um, you need to know two things about Aleister Crowley, and it kind of explains pretty much everything about him. So he comes from money, and he comes from far-right-wing evangelical Christianity.
1: A grifter and evangelical Joy. Christianity. Yeah, yeah. I was to say,
0: what a formula.
2: <laughs> well, as you'll come to find out, uh, if you're going to spend the rest of your life doing quote-unquote uh, magic turns out that requires money uh to not have a real job very much <laughs> and so. uh boy the crowleys had a lot of it um so what where the crowleys made their money uh was actually through brewing uh very famous brewers in england uh, and they actually opened a series of ale houses that were very very successful um throughout england uh which the way i had them explained to me uh, it's it was basically like
1: eighteen hundreds Applebee's. Nice,
2: <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, they're they're ranking in the Buku Bucks here. So uh, they
1: got like dollar marge. They got endless shrimp. What?
2: what? <laughs> you know, man. I think you know. I think we're endless appetizers here. You know, all the good <laughs> shit. You can go. You can go down to the Crowley Ale, Ale House. Get yourself some boneless wings. Get yourself some. Uh, Pork nachos, you know.
0: <laughs> I'm curious, stuff. and maybe you don't know about enough about their family or hadn't gone deep enough into their family being were they also um did they abstain from alcohol at the same yes. time as they yes. ran these Because um, I always find yes. that really fascinating. Like when they're people dish out something that they can't necessarily so that's
2: the funny thing in. their religion specifically i say evangelical christians because i think like that's the really good catch-all term here right right um but very specifically and this is going to sound weird and it's also why i didn't like le- like at- t- announce them as this the crowley family were kind of this version of like fire and brimstone quakers
0: yeah which sounds like a contradiction so I like pentecostals basically yeah but this predates Um, all that i mean when they were yeah this is before the pentecostal church got going yeah before there was such thing as really an evangelical yeah
2: yeah but that's like that is what i would explain them as today evangelical christians but they were technically quakers and in uh quakerism or whatever we call that religion uh people who practice it are are banned from drinking alcohol but not banned from brewing alcohol so they can gotcha. brew it and they can sell it. They just can't drink it. And the Crowley's were actually apparently uh, very, very good brewers. Uh, like I
0: said, they made a,
2: they made a literal fortune
0: brewing. It, apple. Like, it also just seems like one of those great religious loopholes <laughs> you know yeah yeah, like, yeah yeah, yeah, i don't know and this you know when you have these these wonderful texts that are divinely given man you would think that whatever being delivered those messages wouldn't been wise enough to detect that there's loopholes in it that people are going to naturally take advantage of but yeah, no none of that I, happens <laughs>
2: i don't know if that's so much a loophole i mean like
0: maybe you're you know right. what i mean you, you know what i mean right.
2: i i feel like you know because you're not getting anything out of the alcohol just by selling it you know
0: yeah. It's like, yeah, um, if you
2: can't you it can't go past the lips, but whatever whatever else you're doing with it, man, I don't care. Maybe thinning the herd you know, of the
0: non-quakers, of the yeah. non-believers.
2: <laughs> well, when we talk about thinning the herd, uh actually it's pretty lines up very closely to the Crowley's family's beliefs here. Uh so Crowley's father, who was also Edward Crowley, uh so yeah, uh Alistair Crowley was a junior, um, <laughs> was a very devout, very kind of if you want to picture street evangelical preacher oh
0: yeah we uh, know those. that
2: yeah you see him all the time especially outside like Planned Parenthood and shit uh yeah that that was that was Crowley's father
0: formula. Um, that's the formula yeah. I'm telling you that, that, that is the formula we've seen it a lot I'm yeah just, I'm just literally that little
1: Crowley outside Planned Parenthood with a fucking repent now sign
2: <laughs> that's not far off I tell you what, if Alistair Crowley was born in today's day and age, you'd see little young Edward Alexander Crowley standing outside of a Planned Parenthood being held up this sign uh, that was given to him by his dad. And it is important to note that Crowley loved his dad. Crowley was like big into his dad. like would. We-
0: we, we only deal with characters that have real serious daddy issues. This is also a change in that Very on it. brand. <laughs> well, well,
2: I guess you could say the daddy issues come later after his dad dies, but go. like, he like, not even necessarily well, he was, when his dad was alive Crowley was big into the church and like, kind of wanted to follow in his dad's footsteps of being this like, kind of like, very like striking, larger than life preacher man um and you know to the point where crowley very much believed in the literal teachings of the bible like he's one of those dudes who is taking the bible literally so So,
1: noah did load up to a very animal and yeah moses did
2: see uh god did just completely destroy two cities just for committing a bunch of uh I don't know, drinking and drugs. I think, I don't know, I haven't read the Bible.
0: I, I hear that was actually aliens uh, that did that. It <laughs> was a nuke, just, right? Just, there's there's a a nu- nuke. There was a nuke that the aliens <laughs> <There's a> dropped on <laughs> yep. Sodom and Gomorrah. Just, yep. just trying to keep our narrative yeah, straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to keep it straight here.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Eric von was right. Alton. <laughs> careful. He was not right. Careful. not careful, right. Careful. But that's the I, hottest I, take I've had on
0: here so far. I've gotten more grief about that than anything else careful
2: so uh yeah so alistair crowley you know you would think based on the path he kind of goes down a little later in life uh that he would have like oh rejected all this like christianity like from the start and probably would have hated his dad the literal opposite love daddy love sky daddy fucking was all in on this like far
0: right evangelical bullshit
2: can i say that on this podcast
0: Yes.
1: What
2: you
0: okay. want. yes also the term I love that that we're hearing more and more of the term sky daddy yeah has been my like my 2020 2021 favorite thing I mean listen Jim Jones said it let's just go
2: yeah that's it's the term now so later in life uh, when I say later in life probably when he's starting to be like a teenager actually he's probably around uh, 14 uh, so if we actually do the math on that because I forgot to write down the date born in 1875 when he's around 14 years old so we're talking uh 1896 1889 1889 1889, around there uh also i didn't have a specific date for this his father passes uh and he when i say crowley comes into money uh after his father dies crowley inherits approximately seven million dollars in today's money Jesus christ yeah so what happened to his mom his mom wasn't around uh he didn't like his mom he didn't like mommy um there's theories as to why he doesn't like mommy uh but a lot of people think he didn't like mommy because so alistair crowley's mom wasn't an attractive woman so Um, he didn't like
1: his mom because she wasn't hot
2: Yeah. So again, (laughs) I need you to think about Alistair Crowley as this man, and we'll start to get into it a little bit here, uh, who really starts, especially after his father dying, wants to really start inverting the teachings of the church, kind of gleaning hard the other way, going all in on like sin, going all in on drinking, smoking, sex, All of that stuff and really trying to become, you know, this quote unquote wickedest man in the world that we will see later on. Uh, So a lot of people think the reason Aleister Crowley hated his mother was because she wasn't hot and therefore did nothing for Aleister Crowley when theoretically he wanted to be horny for mom. So she was bad for the brand. Yes. Yes. Bad for the brand. Uh, And I'm just nauseous saying that last sentence. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so yeah um after his father died uh as i le- alluded to earlier he really starts pivoting hard the other way uh but not in a way of like where he's saying like oh god's not real all this stuff's not real he still very much believes in the literal teachings of the bible he just decides he's going to start going the other way with it and in a way i guess part of his plan is that he's going to become a villain, like for like all of mankind, someone for people to kind of like rally against and then thus push people closer to the church. I this think he's just an edgelord. And that's all he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just yeah, he's just a big edgelord. <laughs> yeah. That's really what he is. Let's let's be real here. Um, so around the age of 14, like I said, starts very much living in this excess, living in this you know sin going hard towards sin uh, a lot of drinking smoking sex he was allegedly seducing adult women by the time he was 14 and like when i say allegedly i just say allegedly just because we don't know who they were exactly but there's like corroboration for that That there's this like 14 year old betting like 30 year old women
1: in the 1800s was that really out of place then i don't know
0: (laughs) Yeah. i can't
1: i can't speak one way or another that there's a lot of uh, a lot of gross pedophilia going on the 1800. yeah
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah also this, this very much feels like something that alex jones claims about you know yeah it, 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 but like it, i that, said
1: there's corroboration you know i was 14 and uh this hot 22 year old she came up to me and said alex yeah i want your dick <laughs>
0: very very alex jones, christ <laughs>
2: yeah no there's corroboration for this so like it happened like there was once you know not to steal stories directly from the last podcast but they told a story about how at one point he seduced and fucked the maid uh that was you know staying with crowley and his mom and their family at the estate or whatever uh and he was going to get in trouble because he bedded the maid and the maid told because i i don't know why the maid told
0: well, you it's wonder. Told. You, you wonder how consensual that was, too. You know, with like, yeah. You know, the, I mean, this, the seven million dollar lad and a maid, and you're like, well, yeah. Some, I mean, even there's, though there's an age difference, there's power also, structures yeah, there. Exactly, yeah. power dynamics. Yeah, there's power.
2: Yeah. Um, and, and she tells, and then he's like, no, 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 no. I was I was at the, the tobacconist. I guess is who you buy your cigarettes from. Uh, Can we bring that back as a profession?
0: He, a it
2: it's still a thing. Yeah, it's still it's a thing. It's just like the gas station
0: now. <laughs> I mean there's smoke shops here that aren't head shops. Oh yeah, there's smoke
2: shops here too, but you know, it's it's still around, Dalton. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's still a thing. They didn't just get rid of tobacco.
1: <laughs> I just I thought that like it was like the when I heard tobacco I thought Okay, I make the leaves, and like I chop the leaves, and this is a very craft cigarette.
2: Fancy word for I saw cigarettes, Dalton. (laughs) (laughs) So, Maid gets fired. Uh, Crowley gets a little slap on the wrist for smoking cigarettes. Again, very unfair. But, you know, this this starts to teach Crowley that, you know, hey, there might not be consequences for my actions if I just lie a little bit. If I just become a huge liar, everything would be okay. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and play the If You Catch My Grift theme music again, one more time.
0: <laughs> the birth. Because <laughs> I feel like that's a good
2: lead in. I feel like that's a good lead in because it's like the birth of a grifter. <laughs> so he spends a lot of his adolescence and his youth kind of going from Christian boarding school to Christian boarding school to Christian boarding school. And uh, as you can probably guess, he gets kicked out of almost all of them. For what? Did he try to fuck the teachers too? Probably. <laughs> For being Aleister Crowley, he gets kicked out of them for being Aleister Crowley. <laughs>
1: Dude, this sounds really unfair towards Crowley.
2: Well, not for being <laughs> Aleister Crowley, but you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. He's
2: already he's already the fucking you know the fucking little devil man at fucking fourteen years old. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, uh, and the very tense relationship of his with, between him and his mother. That nickname, the Great Beast Six Six Six. Do you know who gave him that nickname? No, his mom? His mom.
1: Oh.
2: His mom.
4: <laughs>
1: when he was like 14. That's incredible. <laughs> yes. That's a very, uh not a good thing in the 1800s too. Especially no, for your mom no, like to it's, say that. It's
2: not, this is, we're not talking, this is like now. Where right. like someone, like if you're getting that nickname, you're a cool fucking dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is, yeah. 1800s. She said, "You're the fucking devil. <laughs> you are the fucking devil." <laughs> so yeah, no daddy issues here, but plenty of mommy issues. Okay, there we go.
0: Time. There has to be one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, no, you're no, not no, no. batting a thousand with any yeah, of these motherfuckers. These coming out with two, two good parental experiences. <laughs> yeah, it's like a
1: recipe for these grifters, right? It's like extreme religion, parent issues. Yep. Yep. Money. Yeah. Access to money,
2: or lack <laughs> of then, access. Yeah. And then later on, access to other people's money, which, <laughs> boy, <laughs> like Alistair Crowley had that too. Because <laughs> $7 is a lot. 7000000 million doesn't get you a lifetime of no
0: work. Yeah, I was going to say, you can spend through $7 million.
2: You can, especially the way Alistair Crowley likes to live.
0: <laughs> you can spend through $7
2: million. <laughs> so uh, along the way, uh, in, in this list of victims here, we're going to meet a few people who start bankrolling Alistair Crowley, uh, unfortunately oh, to their doom. <laughs> yeah
0: place, always
2: yeah oh yeah when i i didn't put sugar baby up in his description as a
0: joke right that's what he was <laughs> there's always somebody who buys into this stuff or they wouldn't be on the yeah. show number one but also just yeah. it's just and it's not changed like there's still people that buy into some of this wild shit
1: yeah i, I would 100%. love to imagine like sugar baby Alsha crowley just going up to his uh to his finance and be like but daddy i need my allowance
0: now be careful, Dalton. <laughs> In addition to signing you up for a call, we may just decide that you you're going to do a cup a series on being a sugar baby. So just, just don't <laughs> don't go
2: experience. yeah don't don't go
0: too far down that road on tape uh, because this could be a real trouble uh, as I keep suckering you into scheme after scheme um, for science <laughs>
2: <laughs> for quote unquote science.
0: Quote science?
2: <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're gonna jump forward just a little bit because there's I mean. I, we can only talk about him being a shitty teenager for so long um so speaking of people who really buy into the bullshit uh in 1898 alistair crowley uh meets a chemist by the name of julian l baker who is a member of the british hermetic order of the golden dawn i don't know if you guys have ever heard of the hermetic order of the golden dawn before
1: no
0: but it's
2: uh, very interesting well relax um it's, it's not a hard
0: it's not a hardcore band don't
2: yeah <laughs> uh so they are this group of people in british a high british society who are devoted to studying like paranormal activity and all matters of the occult but in like a very like boring british upper class way <laughs> uh really more than anything it's an excuse for a bunch of british hoity-toities to like get together Seem interesting, but really just sit around and have tea with each other. So it sounds very interesting, but no, it's very boring, very uptight. Whatever. Yeah,
1: whatever. had to pour an extra spot of tea for the ghost.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not even, probably not even that interesting.
0: Probably not even interesting the point where you're pouring tea for ghosts. I'd, I'd say that'd be a little extreme. For be fair, there's there wasn't a lot of interesting things that came out of England for a very long time. No, no. <laughs> yeah, you could argue up to this day. <laughs> to this day. yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> sorry there's, this, there's some boomer shaking his fist going but the beatles <laughs> the beatles suck the oh, beatles, beatles are suck
1: awful. Beatles right. are
0: fucking terrible
1: are we do we all agree on that austin yeah. what's your what's your uh stance on the
0: beatles i am i'm i'm not a, a fan i can i can appreciate sort of their what they did in music in terms of the bands were inspired by them that kind of came later but i don't know they don't do anything I think yeah. I can
1: speak for Orange and myself when I say Limp Biscuit was a more inspirational band than the Beatles.
2: Oh, 100%. 100%. I don't Did know. Way
1: I more from
0: so many people oh, just turned off
2: I this podcast. So right many that. people just <laughs> checked
0: out of this podcast. <laughs> and maybe me. I might actually have to just, you guys just keep running, two man. I'm, so that's it. I'm, that's not the kind of. <laughs> That's Don't the, worry. I'll, we'll just keep anybody, rolling, rolling, rolling. If you want to, like, email me, I will give you Dalton's personal email address. You can take it up with him directly. <laughs> uh Just email the show. We'll gladly sell that motherfucker out. Listen, um, motherfucker. Keep on rolling. The Beatles David. didn't write break stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this is just as much of a much he said, she said bullshit. Okay. Uh, oh no. So Crowley. Uh. So Alistair, What's Al- <laughs> he, he met the <laughs> Hermetic Order the, of the hermetic Golden, Order Dawn. Golden Dawn. Yeah. And, uh, we'll so. Just, Boy, that's going to be a really long pause and awkward in the middle when we edit it out. (laughs) You're keeping all that in. (laughs) I know he is. He's smiling. No one can see. Too good. It's too good right now. Good shit. You got to limp his lip in there.
2: Yeah. Uh, So, uh, joining the British uh, Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, uh, Alistair Crowley comes under the wing of one Samuel Mathers, who is the leader of the HO Um, and very quickly, Aleister Crowley, who at already at this point, like I said, at this point he's around 20. So since 14, he's really just been bathing in like depravity. Uh, You can imagine as any other, you know, fucking edgy teenager does. He already got into teaching himself, you know, magic and the spiritualism. And I'm not knocking any of that stuff. I like I said, uh, we, we, I said at the top of the show, I myself am a Satanist. Uh, but you know, it's, there's a type let's be real. There's a type. Yeah. Um, so Alistair Crowley had already come in with a little bit of knowledge already into the hermetic order. Uh, and thus was very quickly like put into their first, he kind of, he kind of skipped uh, some of the learning stages and was cause they very much operated off a higher, a hierarchical order. So he kind of skipped a lot of those early beginning stages and was kind of already put Decently high up in the order, um, just
0: from what he had already known. But the thing about all these like weird clubs, and I mean, probably doubly so because it's British, is that they have all this hierarchy and this, yes. like, you know, all of them do that. It's it's a strange obsession with like order and structure, and yeah, I don't know, it's, very it's, it's British, funny. very boring, very British, but also like very Scientologist and very like oh, all yeah. of those. Oh, organizations, yeah, yeah, but... yeah, 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 yeah,
2: yeah, a hundred percent. It's in this case, it's not so much like, oh, you have to pay. Right. To get like to the next levels, but you need to like demonstrate a certain amount of like I guess magical prowess. And I don't know what the fuck that means, guys. <laughs> I just couldn't say either.
1: <laughs> I gotta uh, say, Crowley sounds like a little bit too cool for these guys, to be honest. He actually he kind of
2: was. He kind of was a little <laughs> bit too cool for these guys, and he was definitely expecting something cooler when he arrived than like a gentleman's day club uh he, we're not he a was, ghost man yeah 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 he's like oh cool so uh how many people have died during your rituals <laughs> uh and they go well uh i don't know nobody but uh the other day we uh we were had uh, a uh, tea from india and uh charles just had the worst <laughs> heartburn as a result <laughs> And Crowley just realizes he's hanging out with a bunch of fucking nerds. <laughs> but you would say
1: the diarrhea after the tea was the spirit.
0: <laughs> Exiting the body.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so as you can imagine, and as you can already probably start to, you know, get this this sense of Aleister Crowley, that he kind of needs to be the center of attention at all times. Very um, much. Yeah. So he's not just satisfied with being like a member of the Hermetic Order. He kind of wants to be the dude, like the top dude, you know, he wants to run the shit, you know, um, I don't think and that, that would be a
1: lot better off having him run this shit.
2: <laughs> well, debatable, but they definitely look cooler. Um, <laughs> uh, so he starts trying, to, you know, like to prove himself and like work up those ranks very quickly and even like jump right into some of like the very difficult rituals and the very difficult shit. Uh, that take, like, years and years and years, Uh, like the Abermelon Ritual, uh, which, as part of its requirements, the person performing it needs to, like, live in, like, this life of abstinence from, like, everything for, like, six months. Uh, And, uh, spoiler alert, Crowley doesn't do that. (laughs) He can't do that. Uh, Crowley (laughs) doesn't understand the words abstain. Crowley doesn't understand the words moderation. Crowley doesn't understand
1: a lot of things like that. Very much lives his life in excess. Yes. Uh, by the
2: by the time he's 20, he's already a full blown alcoholic. He's probably you could probably also consider him probably a full blown sex addict at this point. Um, so yeah. Uh Crowley is not, you know, able to ever perform this ritual. Uh for those reasons,
1: does he give it the old college try, or does he just say no? Nah?
2: No, this is alistair Crowley. He can't even begin to attempt <laughs>
1: fucking living this
2: pure quote-unquote life. um But you know, being who he is, he starts demanding of the HO that they move him into higher and higher ranks, basically because he's alistair Crowley, and but he's not really yet alistair Crowley. But in his mind, he's already Aleister Crowley. You know boss bitch mentality so <laughs> he's like no no, no no no, you're gonna keep moving me up and they're like i don't think so um you've you've just kind of shown up and insulted most of us for
1: the most part uh and- i'm he very much had the attitude of like how dare you how dare you yes spot? oh we'll
2: getting into it <laughs> <laughs> uh and it's also kind of believed so there's a few reasons why they're they're kind of starting to sour on him you know other than just his demanding to be moved higher and higher and some of the reasons like they're not moving him any higher uh, is because for one Samuel Mathers uh, the guy who brought him in was kind of on the outs with the HO at this point uh, and he was very much viewed as like Mathers boy so it's like you know we're not really cool with your guy with your dude Mathers anymore we're starting not to be so cool with you anymore you know it, they're kind of clicky bullshit as if this had to get any more boring and British. Uh, <laughs> and also uh, some scholars uh, believe that like another big reason why they're starting to kind of like shy away from Aleister Crowley uh, is because Crowley at this point is a very out bisexual man. And at this time in Britain, you will know that uh, being gay is highly right. You know what? Hot take. Good for Aleister Crowley. Good for him. Yeah good for him we'll talk about the lives uh he ruined uh with that later but you know good for him good it's for so,
0: him it's so a little easier to do something like that and flaunt it if you got some money in your pocket
2: mm-hmm.
0: you get away with a lot more yeah rich people get away with shit it's weird so, that's not it's so not the case anymore um no you know, it's, never happened it's really anymore. great that we made a lot of progress in 1890 yeah, yeah shout yeah. to jeff bezos he never did anything wrong <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Bad take. <laughs> i wasn't
2: serious. That was a joke. <laughs> or
0: were yeah, that's you? gonna
2: do it. That's gonna do it for today. Yeah, thanks, guys. folks.
1: Uh, thanks for joining yeah, us. Thank you. <laughs> I'll edit that one out. That was a bad joke. Bad joke.
2: <laughs> so uh all this, as you can imagine, leads to some basically a nerd fight between Crowley and the HO. Um, I, I've omitted a lot of details here. Because the book spends some time on this shit, and it's just not very interesting. Uh, It's nerds fighting each other. So as you can imagine, it's not great. Uh, But there is one very funny story of when Crowley actually tries to bum rush the building that the OTO uses for their meetings. Uh, So what Crowley does is he takes Samuel Mathers, uh, Elaine Simpson, who is a woman he's fucking at the time. Uh, and then just some dude they hire. Like, they just hired, like, another dude to go with them. Like, because I guess you could just hire henchmen back in the day. I guess that was a <laughs> thing you could just do. Just, like, hire henchmen. That's what he James was. Bondi. He was basically yeah. just a henchman. I love that. <laughs> they, r- they basically run in to the building that the HO operates off of, shove their way past the secretary, go into, like, the ritual rooms that the HO had, and they just lock themselves inside. That's, That's- it. And change and and they change the locks. Why would
1: you bring the henchman then? What purpose does
2: he serve? If you're just not beating people up. That's literally I, the only job I, a henchman
1: has. I guess to
2: op- to like occupy another ritual room. I don't know. So you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> Crowley's wh- just in this bitch now. He's changed the locks. He's sitting in this room that he has stolen and he is refusing to leave.
1: So what what did they do? Uh well, the HO called the police. Oh, God. <laughs> this this uh this story is far less metal than I thought it would be. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> usually, it
0: usually is. They're usually like a lot more.
2: You thought, oh, they hired a henchman. We're in for a fight. No, yeah. no, no. So the H.O. calls the police. And the police bring a locksmith. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they get the locksmith to open the doors. And then Crowley and the people he brought with him.
0: Are arrested for trespassing that's it, yep, yep, yeah, but you read it Crowley, I guarantee it's a much more miraculous tale oh it's yeah, the, yeah it's yeah. all the myth building psych-
2: there's a bunch of psychic energy and like spells being thrown back and forth, and Crowley <laughs> didn't just lock himself in a room and shout things from outside of it no
0: that's the myth building <laughs> there it is baby
2: yeah, 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 no, no, no these are wizards Austin <laughs> It's a wizard fight. Um. so this whole incident becomes known as the Battle of Blith Road <laughs> the battle? the battle <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> uh, yeah so if you want to look more into, we're just going to gloss over that part because again we haven't even gotten into the really grifty parts of Aleister Crowley yet that's just a very fun story that kind of shows kind of you know the, the bullshit artist that Crowley is oh yeah and and really not just the bullshit artist that Crowley is, but really just kind of how pathetic the whole British occult community kind of is at this time.
0: <laughs> LARPing. You know? Lots uh, well, yeah. of LARPing. Yeah, I mean, I'm not disparaging LARPers, but these are like grown men taking their LARPing way, way seriously. Yes. Yes. So we're LARPing here.
2: Big old LARP battle. Um, but so again, that story is just kind of a very fun aside. And I feel like these things are also necessary in the story of Aleister Crowley for you to understand what kind of guy he is. You know what I mean? Like for in order to for the audience to understand and really for us to all understand, you know, he's he's kind of this rebel without a cause kind of he has, he has really kind of has a problem fitting in
0: he said i think you're almost being too generous he definitely sounds like a, a rich edgelord i think we hit it earlier yes. you know like yes. <laughs> a, an edgelord that's got a little bit of money that's allowed him to get a little bit of influence yeah but he thinks he's the one that's struggling to fit in like he's
1: yeah. the guy that's writing all over tumblr no dad i'm just misunderstood
0: he, he's yes. the guy that that always plays a death knight in world of warcraft because, yes you know they're dark <laughs>
1: yes
2: uh, and like he's trying to be this like bad guy and he's trying to be this like edgy villain type already and keep in mind we're still talking about 20 year old Aleister crowley here we're not talking about a man who at this point in life has any mythos behind him any clout any anything this is just some weird goth kid showing up with this shit and locking <laughs> himself in a room this is just Ed showing up and locking himself in a room.
0: This is this is the incel Joker, but who actually can get laid and 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 can have a good time.
2: Yeah, somehow he's always very good at getting laid, and I'll give him credit for that. Well,
1: that comes from the like the goth territory, right? Uh, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> As somebody who grew up goth, no. <laughs> I always imagined it was so easy for you guys that like... shit didn't start becoming cool until after I graduated college <laughs> now now it gets me things earlier uh uh-uh. uh no no. <laughs> teenage years were rough Dalton <laughs>
0: so oh god oh my
2: god but yeah no it's exactly like you said this is a cloutless fucking Aleister Crowley trying to be an influencer that's really what he's trying to do here he wants to be a fucking influencer
1: without any clout yet the 20 year old alistair crowley on tiktok hashtag yeah. influence <laughs> yeah <laughs> with like 500 views right now <laughs> so um, what, what was the deal after hermetic order what happened after that
2: so uh crowley goes away for a little bit and when they say crowley goes away for a little bit uh this is really when the grifty part starts um and i guess it's up to the audience determine just how much of this is a grift and how much of it is him being genuine. Um, But we'll kind of get into it. So the reason I really refer to Aleister Crowley as a grifter. Oh, and by the way, at this point in life, around 20 years old, he's fully going by Alistair Crowley, uh, which for those of you who don't know, Alistair is the Gaelic version of Alexander, which was his middle name. So just took his name and made it more metal. Yeah, basically drops the Edward completely uh sorry to all the ads out there <laughs> uh so when, when when i refer to alistair crowley as a grifter uh the really the reason we're going to call him that it's it's a variety of reasons one for instance and we alluded to it earlier crowley is going to have multiple sexual relations with very rich men all throughout his life who are going to spend time topping him and then footing the bill for all of alistair crowley's uh, shenanigans pretty much 100 percent of the time from this point in life, to his death oh wow in nineteen forty seven so like he always for the most part, except sometimes we'll talk about has this flow of cash, but it's, it's greater at other at time at certain times than others and the part that's really important here is the part where the cash is really flowing and it's the time we'll spend the most time on okay um Crowley is in part Of the problem with anyone who gets involved in Aleister Crowley uh, just because of the kind of person Aleister Crowley is anyone and you can you still see this to this day with these types the people who are attracted to them and the people who end up rolling with them are not the most
0: well adjusted individuals oh yeah I would say they all have a, a hole or an emptiness that they're trying to fill yes and it turns out that
2: when you try to fill your emptiness with a guy like alistair crowley who really is just going to use you for your money and your dick um very <laughs> shortly after most of these people end up dead like they break it off with crowley and then very shortly after they end up dead and usually by the, usually usually no, no no usually by their own hand oh we're talking about like here's the thing we are talking when we're talking about Aleister crowley's and i'm going to call them victims when we're talking about alistair crowley's victims you have to understand that these are people who are mentally ill these are the alcoholics these are the drug addicts these are the mentally ill who alistair crowley really is taking advantage of riding them hard leaving them wet and literally then just throwing them away so like by the time crowley's done with them they have fucking nothing that's awful so for a lot of them at that point the only way out was well, I guess I'm going to go kill myself now
0: well and and, and that the,
2: happens with a lot of them
0: and the, I mean the other thing too is I think that these these folks tend to tie their whole existence around that personality you yes. know whoever it is whether whether it's Crowley or whether it's somebody else, and they get so intertwined and that becomes such a fiber of their being that when that person rejects them or that's no longer in their their sphere in their life it, it's mm-hmm. just fucking devastating i mean you see it a lot you know you wonder how these things that you look at from the outside as like these culty you know religious organizations oh, yeah. like like scientology why are there so yep. many people still in scientology because they're born into it and that's their whole world and like they don't yeah. know any better and when you if you take all that out from under them it's so destabilized
2: oh yeah i, was, I mean he he never technically leads a cult but i think alistair crowley is similar to a cult leader in a lot of ways right. and we'll see that as we go on here uh, especially when we really start getting into the abbey of Thulema,
0: um there's a lot of people like that like i would i would put him up to like i mean in my opinion the granddaddy of all the grifters be um uh, pt barnum who which yep. i think is like a five-part episode if we ever did one on him and i'd love to but like he's not a cult but he had like he could have been he very could have easily started one but he had that personality that was just like addictive
2: yes and very much the same thing with alistair crowley uh and if you think the men have it bad with Aleister Crowley, uh, the women sometimes almost have it worse. That
0: should not be Uh, all that surprising. (laughs) Yeah.
2: So, Crowley will often frequently take a quote-unquote Scarlet woman who is supposed to be this woman who so thoroughly lives in sin uh, that they can help Crowley reach this like higher magical potential. Um, And as you can imagine, a quote-unquote woman who so thoroughly lives in sin uh, probably not a great healthy well just an individual before they meet alistair crowley uh which you can then just imagine what happens after meet alistair crowley
0: i wonder if it has anything to do with that 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 rings like the mary magdalene bell you know yeah. where it's like yeah. that's that's very biblical again that-
2: oh no exactly yeah, yeah. and that's exactly because again crowley believes in the literal teachings of the bible a literal god a literal jesus and a literal devil so, yes, exactly. Um, yeah, you hit the nail right on the head. Um, also, like I said, at the men very shortly after Crowley is done with them, uh, they usually end up dead and more often than not by their own hand. So, really, the, f- the first and we'll probably call her debatably the most important Scarlet woman, it's going to be Rose Kelly, who actually becomes Aleister Crowley's first wife. Great name. Yeah, fantastic name. Um, so they do get married, uh, and they actually even have children together.
1: Oh, no. I don't yeah.
2: Oh no, yeah. Cause uh, again, you think you think Crowley's sexual partners have it bad? Uh,
1: there's oh, a wow, reason
2: the daddy issues. Uh, those there's kids. <laughs> there's a well well I don't know about daddy issues, but uh, there's there's a reason you don't hear from many living descendants of Aleister Crowley nowadays. A lot of them don't make it out of infanthood. Oh no. We'll get into it. Uh or no, I'm sorry. What what, what did you guys always, what's the what's the catchphrase on this podcast? Which one? <laughs> the the one of I think it's like we're oh we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, yeah, like yeah, that. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Dalton <laughs> yeah. likes to... <laughs> Dalton pulls ahead. Dalton. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You're getting way ahead of me, Dalton. <laughs>
2: yeah. So I'm gonna tell this story the way Alistair Crowley has told this story. So again. Don't take this as me reporting the absolute facts to you guys. Right. Take this as me reporting what Aleister Crowley has said. Uh, and this comes from Gary Lockman. So in 1904, Crowley and his wife, Rose Kelly, travel to Egypt together. And uh, while Rose is meditating, uh, she informs Aleister Crowley that the Egyptian god Horace is waiting to meet with him. So Crowley then goes off on his own and begins his own meditation um and he hears this the voice of Awas, who is the personal messenger of horus uh there's going to be occasionally some names thrown around here of like egyptian gods or other deities and if you as an audience member don't know these names or don't understand any of this it's fine it's not important it might all be bullshit don't worry about it but Using the words of the messenger of, of Horace and Horace himself, uh, who apparently, uh, through ritual magic, starts speaking through Rose Kelly, uh, Crowley transcribes the Book of the Law, which is probably Alistair Crowley's one of his more famous works. It's the first. One. Uh, and really, this book becomes the basis for Thalema. Um, you know, and th- really the main teaching of Thalema, as we already touched on, is that whole do as thou wilt is the whole of the law, which we touched on at the top
1: of the episode here. Uh, how true actually, do you think any of this was, like the whole see, the Egyptian I mean, god speaking? I mean, if we really. want to talk
2: about my own personal belief system, I don't think any of this
1: bullshit's real. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I was so maybe no, Rose I Kelly don't... got a little bit too drunk, a little bit too high, just sort yes. spouting off stuff. No,
2: yes, no, one hundred percent. And granted, it probably it made for a very good book. Like I said at the top of the episode, the book of the law is actually a good read. And if nothing else, it makes a pretty good coffee table book.
0: Well, this is when we inject our actual, real line, which is never let the truth get in the way of good story.
2: Yes, never let the truth get in the way of a good story here. And this is a good story, admittedly. You know what I mean? You're fucking, you're meditating in Egypt and fucking Horace is coming to you. <laughs> of course it happened. What are we talking about here? You know what I mean? This absolutely happened, Dalton, and I'm offended you would insinu- insinuate otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, fun fact about this. Uh, you remember the HO? Yeah. <laughs> so, Crowley publishes the Book of the Law, and the HO emitted immediately sues Alistair Crowley for publishing the Book of the Law claiming that he's copied all of it from them what yeah these hoody tody british
1: guys can never come up with anything that cool
2: well who's to say who knows i i don't have i can't say one way or the other about this you know because he might have
0: he very well might have taken that all from the h.o or at least i would i would find it very hard to believe that he didn't take some of it yeah. you know being yes. part of that organization for that long i think that like you're definitely gonna borrow chunks of it and kind of you know, flower it up a little bit with your own Egyptian hoo-ha.
2: Yeah. So, you know, who's really to say that, you know, he he might have. But so once again, we're back in court with Alistair Crowley uh, and Alistair Crowley is getting sued by the HO. Uh, the judge at that first uh, lawsuit uh, actually orders a halt on the printing of the book of the law uh, because fun fact, this judge was a Freemason back when this that was a thing you could just be who also kind of believed that. So one, one of the like ideas of the HO and the Freemasons and everything is that all these ideas about magic and all that should kind of be kept like two secret societies and not just freely available for the general public, especially not published in a book like this. Uh, and Alistair Crowley, to his credit, uh, I know we haven't said a ton of nice things about him so far, uh, but he he is kind of one of those dudes. He's like, no, 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 fuck it. Everybody should know this shit. You well,
0: know? the other the other thing is like, I, at this point in the story, it would be a very different story if it was set in the United States versus yes. England, because yes. there is no First Amendment in England, so no. they wouldn't no. have been able to do this in the U.S. No. unless it no. was specifically defamation. So this I, I don't mean, think this, it.
2: A, I don't think it's so much defamation as it's no, copyright.
0: I, I, yeah, I don't think it's defamation either. It's, if it, I think it,
2: I think it's the, we're we're falling closer to like copyright law, right? Possibly, um, yeah. because because the, what they're claiming is plagiarism. Essentially, it's it's it is a plagiarism suit. Um, and you know that first judge who is Freemason rules on the side of the HO and says, yeah, 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 Crowley's stealing your shit you know so he can't he can't he's not allowed to publish it uh later on though in appeals court a judge does reverse this decision and says that crowley is free to publish the book of the law as he chooses Hmm. um and like i said it's like five bucks on amazon right now so
1: so where where'd that money go now because there's no crowley estate right
2: (sighs) no no i i think all of his works are public domain
0: yeah i was gonna say they're probably public domain yeah i
2: think that's all public domain uh because like i said uh there's not many living descendants of Aleister crowley and at least not many
0: that
1: want to take the name
2: oh no uh no because the ones that do make it out want nothing no no fucking like no get get me away from that uh except apparently allegedly uh and it was briefly mentioned on the last podcast on the left who by the way their series on alistair crowley fantastic if if this uh little episode wets your whistle and kind of gets you intrigued. Uh and you want to know more about the ritual magic, because they go heavy into the ritual magic. Like I said, we're not really going to cover much, if any, of that, because that's not the, the it's just not that kind of podcast. You know, go listen to that. But they do mention, and it's to my knowledge, the only descendant of Alistair Crowley who actually claims claims it. Like we know of some others, but there's the only the one dude who claims it is apparently like a I think they said he's a saxophonist in like San Francisco (laughs) (laughs) and he lists it on his LinkedIn page as descendant of Aleister Crowley. (laughs) That's That's hilarious. hilarious. So, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, if you need a saxophonist for something and you're between the guy who is the descendant of Aleister Crowley and the guy who isn't the descendant of Aleister Crowley, depending on what type of party it is, I think you're going with the dude who's the descendant of Aleister Crowley. (laughs) Right?
0: Depending on the type
2: of party. Depending on the type of party.
0: I mean, saxophone is already a wicked, wicked instrument. So, you know, the descendant of a wicked, wicked man play it for you. Exactly.
2: Exactly. I'll tell you who I would invite to come play uh, saxophone at my party. He'd be smooth. (laughs) We want to talk about a man. We want to talk about a man who can shred on the fucking fucking (laughs) saxophone. If you catch my Griff sponsored
1: athlete at this point,
0: pretty boy yeah. smooth. <laughs> pretty boy smooth.
1: <laughs> can we uh, make a requirement response sponsoring the match? Can we like have him play Careless Whisper? Can, can we have him coming out <laughs> playing the saxophone? Right, I, think right, right. A- I think you can ask him. <laughs> you know what? Let's do All right, let's right, do that. So what happens after the lawsuit? <laughs> uh,
2: so like I said, in appeals court, uh, the judge actually reverses the decision of the Freemason judge. And says no 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 alistair crowley is allowed to publish this book uh you the ho really doesn't present much in evidence uh that you know this was their original works uh because the ho didn't write much down right i was gonna so say they try if... to
0: keep this stuff secret so they wouldn't exactly have to, they wouldn't so have they're not to
2: writing to it down so really like i said the appeals court goes yeah no there's no evidence that this is your shit so he's free to publish this if he wants to uh, and the copyright strike, or whatever you want to call it, gets taken away. Aleister Crowley is allowed to publish the book of the law, and really, this is when we start to see Aleister Crowley grow some clout not just from publishing the book of the law, but also for winning this like in appeals court. Like, this was actually for the time a highly publicized case.
1: So, it was like Aleister Crowley coming as the underdog and like to take down this big organization.
2: it It was more viewed as oh everybody look at these silly wizards fighting in <laughs> so
0: the, like there's a lot of appeal to it because it's also like a secret organization you know yes. anytime any yes. there's any sort of daylight cast on these secret yeah. organizations everybody's like oh my god like it's right now news. what's going on with all these like the the government ab- about to release some ufo information and people start to flip out because they're yeah. like the people that don't care about ufos are getting excited all of a sudden yeah
2: yeah no uh it's it's the 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 i think the headline said something along the lines of like wizarding spat it, uh becomes amusing comedy in appeals court so no it's not it's not viewed by the general public as alistair crowley taking down this big organization uh it's viewed in the public as oh everybody look at the magic men fighting in court (laughs) 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 look at the
1: wizards going to court everybody
2: (laughs) (laughs) so uh yeah i mean it's not viewed as that serious but it's like it's a good story it's good news you know what I mean?
0: You, they'd be covering it if it was happening right now, guarantee it. Oh
2: yeah, 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 and it'd, <laughs> it'd be with the same. It'd be with the same, like, oh
1: hey, everybody, look, wizards in court. <laughs> yeah, you know. I, now that I think about it, it probably wouldn't like. These viewed as much of a mockery these days. You got fucking weirdos everywhere on the internet now. Oh I, I'd still I'd still be kind of laughing at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd still be hilarious. But I'm just saying, yeah. like, it could get into like dangerous territory with people like allowing. Oh, yeah, to, like, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah,
2: yeah. Uh it probably, I mean, realistically, it gets into dangerous territory back then as well. Fucking, you know, because like I said, this is kind of the thing that gets Alistair Crowley his clout.
1: So what does he do after he wins the court case? Where does he go from there? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, he gets a divorce. Oh, what? Yep. Why? Uh, it turns well. It turns out
2: between all this court stuff, publishing the book, and everything, uh, Alistair Crowley is a bad husband. Um, uh, big shock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And starts spending a lot more time doing what I can only describe as Alistair Crowley bullshit, and I think you both know what that means: um, drinking, smoking, drugs. smoking sexual relations with other people you know being alistair crowley um that rose kelly just kind of really starts to have enough of this it's like you you know what is what is my life here you know i'm just kind of i feel like i'm just kind of being used for sex at this point which really it's kind of all alistair crowley's doing with her um alistair crowley we haven't touched on it much yet because like i said we're kind of staying away from the ritual magic side of things here but crowley is a big believer in sex magic here um which is a very I, I have you guys ever heard of like tantric sex yeah i've heard of the term yeah yeah so take it even a little bit further and take it you know not just being so physically demanding but so very psychologically and like spiritually demanding you know and now I want you to imagine you're having like this level of intimacy with another person to be and that person's literally just using you for this connection. Gotcha. Imagine how fucking shitty that would feel. Imagine that what that might do to a person psychologically. Yeah. So uh, they do try like so many other failed marriages uh, eventually try to mend the relationship by having a child
0: never the right idea never a oh, good idea no don't
2: no. do that no don't do that uh this child very quickly the child whose name is lilith uh by the way uh dies quickly of typhoid in 1906 oh lord so what is typhoid uh so Ty- typhoid uh you might know better than i do austin
0: it is a it is a flu like disease. It was an outbreak. It was a it it's a, yep. it was basically a pandemic that swept through and killed a lot of people, um, to the point where you know, they were taking they had specialized hospitals where they would lock people up that had it, and that was the only way they knew how to kind of deal with typhoid. But it was yeah, it was a it was a pandemic not quite as widespread as the nineteen twenty, but it was it's a horrible, horrible disease, and yeah. a lot of people died worldwide yeah. from
2: it. Uh it's spread it's actually spread via fecal matter, which I mean oh. before before like nineteen Jesus. I almost want to go like nineteen sixty. Before like 1960 the world's fucking filthy guys <laughs> <The> <laughs> shitting really openly
1: is. in the street yes yeah
2: <laughs> like human like they didn't wash their hands nope so shit's everywhere so that's how typhoid spreads through fecal matter which is on fucking everything back in
0: 1906 in streets yeah 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 it was, it's the dirty dirty place yeah but- This is very
1: on-brand for Alistair Crowley, right? For his child to die of, like... Oh, it becomes a brand
2: for Alistair Crowley, all right. Because this is not the only child that fucking dies.
1: Jesus Christ.
2: It becomes part of Alistair Crowley's brand, for sure. (laughs) Uh, So, Crowley, like any rational, well-adjusted human being that we know he is by this point, right? (laughs) We we can all agree. If there's one thing we're all going to agree on about Alistair Crowley, rational well-adjusted human being, right?
4: Yeah. yeah. So totally he, on the level. <laughs>
2: yeah, on the level. So he decides the way he's going to respond to his child dying is by basically yelling at Rose that it's all her fucking fault. Ah, oh, this
1: guy sucks.
2: Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, Rose Kelly, who's already, as I said before, a raging alcoholic. So this just pushes her more towards
1: the edge. Yeah,
2: it does um and then by the way they have another child together no yeah they so they're do. just playing to
1: replace the baby at this point or yes. like uh...
2: and and by the way remember how i mentioned rose kelly is like an extreme alcoholic when yes. this child lola is born she is riddled with fetal syndrome
0: oh god yeah, yeah. Um, because that, that's way before we even knew what that was, and that yeah, she, and that it was a really bad idea. Drink heavily, pregnant. Yeah,
2: and even if we knew it was a good idea, I don't think Rose Kelly would have cared all that much. To be completely honest with you, no, no. Um, so they divorced in 1909. Lola is entrusted solely to Rose. which you think? Oh, well, which, hold I mean, on. Okay, well, hold on, let me finish. Okay, <laughs> <it>. they divorced <laughs> in 1909. By 1911. Rose Kelly is fully institutionalized.
1: Wow!
0: So Crowley ruined this woman. Yes, one of many. <laughs> now, okay, so we've covered this another on other shows before, and I, you know, I've talked about how you know women were institutionalized like two to one. Yeah men and a lot yeah. of that has been in didn't understand you know hysterics mm-hmm. or you know yeah. things like that just not understanding very yeah. sexist do you think that she was that's where she she belonged in an institution yes. because she needed yes. the help or okay yes 100 percent. that sounds like it to me too but i just wanted yes. to clarify that because i know there was a yeah. lot of women unnecessarily was, locked up
2: we we did over institutionalize women back in the day uh but rose kelly fucking needed it and you know okay. why she needed it because of fucking alistair crowley right um and like i said she Was an alcoholic to the point to where her brain shrunk from it. That's a thing that can happen. I had no idea that
1: could
0: happen.
2: Yeah, like you can be, you have to be like a far, far gone alcoholic to have that happen to you, and it happened to Rose Kelly.
0: Dementia, Uh, you know, can get brought on. I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff. Yes. So did Crowley give a shit, or just like no,
2: no? After they divorce in 1909, they don't have any contact with each other. So he doesn't give a fuck. So what happens to the daughter? no idea wow probably does, uh, probably dies let's i'll be honest probably dies or i don't i itch. don't think i don't think they just based on the extent the book says uh that lola had this fetal alcohol syndrome um i don't think the child lasted very
1: long. well yeah what Wacky adventures that carly go, <laughs> go on next after uh that's a rose
2: uh brief peek behind the curtain for the audience here. Uh we we took a little bit of a break just so I could try to find some biographical information on Mildred Crowley and while there isn't much out there at all, uh it does seem like she lived into adulthood. Wow. So, uh, and presumably, presumably got very far away from both of her parents. As she should. As she should. So, uh there's i guess a silver lining here um in that lola lola crowley did seemingly make it out alive
0: uh all right lots of love for lola crowley who's yes probably dead at this point from a pure year
3: (laughs) yeah if if
0: she wasn't she'd be
2: over 100
0: yeah so well over 100 over 110 yeah (laughs) so odds are Probably not still around, but lots of love for Lola yeah, Crowley.
2: I hope I hope she I hope she had a good go of things. <laughs> uh, so, when I mentioned earlier, Crowley was a sugar baby. Uh, we're, we're gonna we're 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 about to get into the uh, the big uh, quote unquote sugar daddy that Crowley also fucked this man's life up tremendously. Uh, so, Victor Victor Neudberg was a English poet and author who becomes very involved with Aleister Crowley through the occult. Uh, Victor is a very, very well-off man, partly from his family, and then he was also a very, very successful writer. Uh, You can still find the works of Victor Neudberg uh, around. I I don't know any of them specifically. Uh, My research really didn't focus much on him, but they're out there. Uh, Victor kind of becomes a both a boyfriend and a sugar daddy for Crowley going forward. And he, in a way, I guess to use like magical terms, uh, he kind of becomes Crowley's familiar. If that makes sense to anybody.
1: So he just follow him around everywhere we went. Yes. Uh,
2: okay. And would foot the bill for Crowley for most of his life. Um, so especially he, during like these very important years, uh victor is also probably for the one who practiced uh sex magic with crowley the most uh and engaged in these like sexual magic rituals with crowley the most uh which by the way i know i said i wouldn't get much into the ritual magic side of things i just want you to know uh at one point crowley claims responsibility for world war one because of a, <laughs> because, yeah because of a uh, sex magic ritual <laughs> Between him and Victor going wrong one night.
1: <laughs> Oops, I accidentally made Hitler with my butthole. World War One. World <laughs> War I. Not, yeah, not that's World the War other
0: one. That's the other one. That's the other one.
1: Wait, didn't Hitler do both World Wars?
2: No. Oh, no. oh
1: my God. Georgia fucking <laughs>
2: public schools. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ.
0: Now, while there is a dotted line between World War One and Hitler, no, he was, was not around for that one. No. That that was the Kaiser. That was like the pointy hats and shit. It was
2: Germany. Don't get yeah. me wrong. It was Germany.
0: Yeah. Germany was the bad guy in both of them. Yeah, the uh, but Germany, Germany.
2: Oh, Germany didn't even start World War One. That was the whole Baltic powder keg. Um, but yeah, no. Crowley. Y'all have was completely
1: based... lost me. <laughs> Jesus. I thought like Were not weren't Nazis in World War One? No. Which one was D-Day? World War Two. Okay. So the I think Game you saw. Like,
0: I think you've only seen the sequel. I don't think you ever saw the original.
1: I am <laughs> blown away right now. I, uh, I joke about Georgia public schools, but holy fuck! Uh, let's let's continue with Crowley and his magic butthole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> basically, it,
2: the, apparently, a sex magic ritual between Victor Victor Neudberg and Aleister Crowley goes wrong, and then a few months later world war one starts out and crowley's like yep that was us my bad um anyways <laughs> that's
1: just a fun aside real quick so, before we uh, move on were, we're Nazis in world war one too no the, so the nazi party wasn't invented yet
0: no, no! No the t l. d r and for that is that after Germany got just absolutely pulverized in World War One, that led to blaming the Jews for losing World War One and the rise of the Nazi Party, but like I said, dotted line, but no no not not the there were no Nazis in World War one There may have been some okay. people in it that became Nazis later that's yeah. Okay. Well, thank
1: you, Jake. And thank you, Austin, for the history lesson. I appreciate it. Yeah. (laughs) Now we have to put in the episode
2: description. Oh, yeah. And uh, Jake and Austin also teach dalton european history because apparently we <laughs> need to spend some time on that
0: the, t- the title is alistair crowley and dalton learns about world war one listen my high school football coach was also my social studies teacher i don't blame me
2: that. i could have guessed that <laughs> that was gonna be my guess
0: hey, here's here's the other question and then we'll move on how much time did you spend on the civil
1: <laughs> <sighs>
0: we spent a lot of time talking
1: about the movie eagle eye i remember that <laughs> we spent more time on that than we did on uh, any.
0: That is the history. best thing I've heard. In a Georgia long time.
2: public schools, ladies.
0: I remember he I, was, you know he I can't did. cast stones because I went to Louisiana publics, but yeah, it's. <laughs> well, it was easy to get him not to talk about school because all you have to do is bring up
1: baseball or the movie Eagle Eye and how he thought it was like a real like he thought it was closer to documentary than it was to like a film to enjoy and yeah. A new explains genre. a lot we're explaining i'm 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 realizing a lot of
2: things right now that really make a lot of sense
0: <laughs> but if you think this is just dalton you're crazy this is some this is systematic <laughs> oh i know i
2: understand that i understand this yeah, is a so systemic cast, problem
0: cast a bush bigger much bigger blanket on it <laughs>
2: oh i am well, that's why that's why i say georgia public schools that's why i'm not just calling him out i'm
1: calling out the whole georgia public school system hey man Jesus. My high school graduating class was 42 or 43 people. So, Yeah, tiny, tiny, tiny school with tiny, tiny, tiny brain.
2: We have to move on.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, please. We have to keep going. Rescue
2: me, rescue me. (laughs) Or else I'm just going to keep learning more things about the Georgia public school system. And then we're going to have to.
0: The third time that Dalton's like, thank God I edit them.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and then we're gonna have to just change the title of the episode to the Georgia public school system. Um I love
0: that
1: episode eleven. Dalton does a history. Dalton does a history. <laughs> Dalton or, does a <laughs> history. Alistair Crawley versus
2: Georgia. <sighs> yeah, which one gets more time on this podcast?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh Lola is alive, thank God. Lola thank is God, alive. yes. Um and Lola's it-
0: alive. Yeah. And no Hitler, but Victor no Hitler. <laughs> Victor and Alistair caused World War One.
2: Yes. They they spilled the cum, which destroyed a thousand <laughs> worlds and started World War One. Uh so uh you guys could could have probably guessed this without me saying it, but uh Crowley didn't treat Victor Neudberg very well. You don't say it was gonna
0: say you don't say <laughs> yeah.
2: Um Alistair would constantly play pranks on Victor Neudberg. Uh, one of his favorite pranks to pull on Victor Noydberg, and I guess calling it a prank is a stretch. Uh, but he'd regularly cuckold Victor Noydberg, like in front of him.
1: That's that's fucked up. Yeah, so, I don't. I really. That's not cuckolding if the person isn't like consenting to it. That's just cheating. no, and he's cheating not. In front, you're just and cheating in front of your partner. <laughs> yeah, and making them watch. Ah, god, that's terrible.
0: Yeah. You mentioned um, well you mentioned so a lot of the followers of of Crowley were you know in some way either you know had mental struggled with some sort of mental illness or yeah. I, I always you know kind of refer to it as having like a void or a gap. do you think victor yes. is falls under that category? 100 percent 100 percent Victor
2: probably if I were to rank who probably is the most worst off just by having met Aleister Crowley? Victor Neudberg's number
0: one. It always has been oh, wow. like the, the originals, like the OG. I mean, like I know, yeah. You had you had his wife before, but yes. Boy, this the the founding the the of members of whatever this you know thing is, is. They always, yeah, Thalema. Um, yeah,
2: no, uh, yeah. And like I said, these sex magic rituals we touched on them before. Uh, these are highly emotional. These are highly psychological sex magic rituals that are very intimate. They are very you know fucking they're intense you know what i mean
1: what 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 makes like this tantric sex i regular
2: i i'm not an expert on that that's okay. another part of the reason why we're not going so much into the ritual side of things is because that's kind of like that's a little bit outside my knowledge and if i were really to i could start to break it down But again, we don't want this episode to be four hours long. Gotcha. So really just what I need you to understand is it's this very, very highly emotional, highly psychological, very passionate, very, you know, it's it's the type of sex that you can't have with somebody and not fall in love with them.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: So uh, Victor Noidberg kind of falls in love with Aleister Crowley, unfortunately for Victor Noidberg.
0: I was going to say the one guy you really fall in love
2: with. No, the worst person. Like, the worst person to fall in love with. The one, you know, and like I said, uh, one of the things, his favorite prank to pull on Victor Noydberg was to cuckold him. Victor spends years shilling out his own money, which, by the way, at this point, they are basically operating off of Victor Noydberg's dime. Uh, a lot of Crowley's, that inheritance from his dad dying is gone. So we're, we're operating off Victor's dime at this point um so he spent seven million in this short amount of time yeah crowley has not had a job they've been traveling the world seven million doesn't last that long if you're doing all that shit like you and me you and me could probably make seven million last a lifetime crowley all the shit he's doing no no seven millions seven millions on at this point at this point this is all victor's money uh so Victor spends years sh- shilling out his own money. He Victor is the reason that his Crowley's books are getting published. Like he is the force that is getting them published because he also had a lot of clout in the writing community. So like if Victor Neudberg says publish something, you're going to publish that. So that's also Victor Neudberg putting his reputation on the line for Aleister
1: Crowley. The more I hear about this, it sounds like a very strategic move by Aleister yes. to yes. get with Victor.
2: A hundred percent is using him. Is a, it's a, it's it's a grift. That's why we're on this podcast. Um, And fucking he's also footing the bill on them Traveling the fucking world Because they're not just staying in England They're going all over They're going to France They're going to Italy They're going to India They're going all fucking over Alistair's going mountain climbing Because that's something he likes to do By the way, apparently he was a fantastic mountain climber But that's just (laughs) not relevant to our story Um, Except he gets a bunch of people killed on a mountain at one point (laughs) (laughs) Everyone who touches Aleister Crowley dies. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so Victor Neudberg has to put up with Aleister Crowley for a bunch of years. Um, basically, uh, they they're they're together a little bit while he's married to uh Rose Kelly, and then they end up Victor finally has enough sometime right around 1914, and this was after they'd you know they'd done sex magic rituals sex magic parties uh at this point crowley is almost like a performing magician not in the sense of like he's pulling rabbits out of hats but he's having like these extravagant parties and performing rituals for everyone at the party and holding these ritual orgies all while victor neudberg is kind of forced to watch the man he loves get railed by all these random fucking people wow yeah um so they break it off around sometime in 1914 through a combination of so crowley uh just to add to kind of the shit pile here crowley is a notorious anti-semitic
1: oh man this dude just can't get any worse can he
2: oh uh, he can but we'll get there we'll get there i regret saying <laughs> yeah we'll get there
1: hold your horses on that one
2: uh dalton We'll we'll get there <laughs> uh and obviously victor noidberg you can tell anything he's a jewish man Uh, So Victor has to kind of sit and just take a lot of anti-Semitism from Aleister Crowley. Uh, On top of that, uh, Victor Neudberg around 1914 suffers a nervous breakdown um, after one one of these sex magic rituals to where Crowley is just getting railed by other people. Like he loves Aleister Crowley. He's in love with Aleister Crowley straight up. And he has to to sit there. Oh, for okay. hours and watch him get railed by other people
0: and you wonder to the if point there's...
2: where Victor Neudberg has a nervous breakdown
0: which should not surprise anybody but also like no. is there othering happening here you know like Crowley being an opportunistic bastard that he is yeah. you know like he's, he's taking advantage of this guy who's got connections in publishing who has yeah. money but it's also easy to treat this guy like shit because he's Jewish yeah like you have to yes. wonder if that also sort of factors in hey I can other this guy he's just a Jew you know, or and instead of like a full person, and that I mean, and the anti-Semitism about this time is kind of rampant. I mean, there's, there's nineteen fourteen. Yeah, there's a lot of it, and it's about yeah. to really come to a head.
2: We're gonna, yeah, <laughs> it's it's we're getting there. It's Ugh. it's get it's about to get bad. So not only does Victor Neidberg have this like nervous breakdown, Crowley mocks him for it. Crowley basically calls him wow. like a weak, pathetic piece of shit. For, like, having this nervous breakdown. It's like, I'm just fucking other dudes. It's okay. Yes, but like <laughs> a lot worse. And throwing in some anti Semitic barbs in there, too, suggesting that probably the reason Victor can't handle any of this is because, you know, he's Jewish. Uh, and then what kind of ends up being the final straw, uh, Victor at one point seeing a French actress, uh, Lande Foray. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. Uh, French is a tough language. But he's seeing uh, this girl, right? Right. Uh, Because obviously the relationship between him and Crowley is very open. Uh, Again, homosexuality is illegal in Britain at the time. It's illegal in much of the world at the time. So he couldn't really they couldn't really be together. So the relationship's pretty open. Uh, And it seems like Victor really, really likes this woman who I'm not going to try to pronounce her name again. Because it's okay. French and we, impossible.
0: And we. Oh, oui, oui. I, was oh it. I was like, "Here comes French Dalton." Oh, yep. lord! Brace yourself! Oh, mm, yep. got they got the French fries. You're the escargot. He's slowly being banned
2: from every country in this world. Yep, yep. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm gonna let him get it all out before I say this next <laughs> sentence. Dalton, Dalton, keep going, because it's about to get less fun. Oh, wee oui, we. Oui.
1: You got. You <laughs> got no. to inject that. Oh fun no here. no! <laughs> How do you say no in French? No. no. Oh, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so with that being said, uh, Crowley forces Victor to break up with this woman because and because Victor listens to anything Crowley says, uh, Victor does. And then what a this fucking wo- hypocrite.
1: Hold on. What a hypocrite! Hold on.
2: Hold on. Hold on. How do you think this story ends, everybody? Sadly. Place your bets. Uh, Victor dies. Victor. No,
0: no. The woman does. The
2: woman commits
0: suicide
2: was it suicide or was it quote unquote suicide no it was suicide no it was suicide she really liked victor christ and victor just dumped her because alistair crowley said so
1: this dude ruins everything like even like just (laughs) uh, like just a touch of
0: alistair ruins everything she wasn't even with alistair no we you know we've talked about some real scumbags but i'm you know this guy this guy's making a lot of those fucking assholes look good yeah (laughs) by comparison yeah he sucks. Um
1: <laughs> understatement of the century.
2: Yeah. So Victor and Alistair break it off. Uh Victor's never the same. Like ever, as you can imagine. Very psychologically damaged by the time Alistair Crowley's done with him. Um he has two more marriages. Both of them kind of fail. Uh, and his first wife, Kathleen Rose Goddard, uh, basically she knew him. Before he got with Alistair and she married him after, but she kind of said from the start, like, man, he wasn't the same. He, Alistair ruined this man.
1: Well, when um, you take that kind of abuse for so long, there's almost yeah. so much like mentally you can
0: from take someone you break. Love.
2: from someone you yeah. love
0: yeah, or you've convinced yourself you love.
2: Yeah. For somebody who you spent millions of dollars of your own fucking money, you know, bankrolling for years because you love this person and you agree with what they're doing, you know, it's fucking
1: to, to Be honest, you. I think it was less of the money and more of like just the torture. No, like, but, I'm, but I'm saying
2: like, that's part of it. Like
1: you, yeah, you yeah, exhausted yeah, yeah. your resources. You fucking,
2: you know, you went all in with him mentally and emotionally. And you know, in the end for what you got nothing to show for it. A bunch of
0: dead bodies.
2: Yeah. And, and like I said at the top, uh, Alistair Crowley is probably a, a rare case here because we have the, pro, we probably have the names and some, in some cases, the biographies of all of the victims of his grift. And we know who they are and we know how it ends for all of them. And it's never good, ever. Um, so, Victor Neudberg died, he actually lives till 1940, where he dies of tuberculosis. Um, Very unbridled from 1940. Yeah, but just like I said they they stopped seeing each other in 1914 uh, he lives till 1940 that's years yeah. of being a shell of your former self
1: yeah psychologically. 36, years.
2: 36 years 26 20 yes I shouldn't have let Dalton I shouldn't have yeah. let Dalton do the math
0: <laughs> But it's also like that's. I mean that's that's PTSD even though yeah. we didn't call it then you know No it's that, 100% it what it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's not PTSD is not just US soldier disease. No, Everybody right. can, can get yeah. You PTSD. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So and really and like I said I could keep going here
2: and listing victim after victim scarlet woman after sugar daddy after scarlet woman after sugar daddy Uh, but this podcast is going to get depressing real quick (laughs) because spoiler (laughs) alert they all fucking end like this yeah
0: well i mean i think what you've done is established a pattern you know like this yes because that's what we've seen we've seen this over and over again with every with every grifter that we've covered with every scumbag we've covered is that they 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 figure it out they figure out the 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 template for their grift and they just repeat it. They, they rinse and repeat over and over and over again yep. until they get caught. And if then they kind of maybe tweak it or reinvent it a little bit and start yep. up again, but it's never very far from what they first found success with.
2: Yeah. And in this case, Alistair Crowley is getting caught quote unquote is just someone finally saying, no, I've had enough of your bullshit. Right. Get out of here to the next, leave one. me alone. And then he just goes, finds another one. So by the time Aleister Crowley breaks up with Victor Neudberg, the wells weren't running dry he's a little bit older now he's 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 get he's getting closer to 40 at this point he's Which, you to know. be
0: fair that's really old then that's not old at all now I'm just not uh, I'm not being no. self-defensive at all no no, no. Um, no, no it's says important. the 40 year old <laughs> it's important to know <laughs> but I but I say
2: that because it's important
0: for our next part
2: um I, you guys have seen pictures of Aleister Crowley right yeah
0: chubby man yeah, it looks like Uncle Fester from The Addams Family.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Uncle Fester, and I know I put that voice on him when I do that impression. Uh, really, uh, I'm pretty sure he kind of sounded like George Costanza. That's hilarious. <laughs> British George Costanza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at least that's how I like to imagine it. And it's probably not that far off, realistically. Um, so, as we said, eventually, especially after he's done with Neudberg, uh, the money's a little hard up. He's hard up for cash at this point. So uh, like any good grifter, what's he decide he's going to do? He needs a change of scenery. He needs a new market. He needs new people to fucking scam. Uh, and also because during World War, you know, it's World War One, It's breaking out. Uh, Crowley wanted, because for some reason, these upper class British dudes are all really patriotic randomly. <laughs> <laughs> And Crowley's, like, not, like, like that, that doesn't not apply to Aleister Crowley. So he tries to go sign up for the British Army for World War I. I can only imagine that going well. Well, they said no. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, one, you're too fat. Two, you have blood clots in your legs. Three, uh, they call you the most wickedest man in the world
1: your
0: mother Get called you that it.
2: yeah
1: your mom <laughs> so, called you the devil if i'm fighting a war i want the wickedest man wickedest man in the world on my side not if he's 40 fat and has got blood clots <laughs> in his legs no you don't
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's not gonna last very long
1: dalton <laughs> holy shit he does look just like uncle fester yeah that hmm. is crazy yeah, yeah.
0: Sorry, yeah, I just, did a quick Google it's, search. It's, it's it's hard not to think that Charles Adams didn't take some sort of inspiration when he was he doing that. He had to. There's have. no there's no way that that's just a, a passing coincidence.
2: I definitely think that Crowley might have been the template there,
0: or at least yeah, some sort of like passing passing inspiration. But yeah, yep. for sure, he's like, why well, did hey, so I'm... many people fuck this guy? <laughs> Well, I mean <laughs> That's a that, good you, question. Yeah, that's true. A lot of alcohol. Um, a lot of alcohol. A lot of drugs. <laughs> there's there's something to be said though for like toady looking people that have like some sort of, you know, magnetic sex appeal or like yeah. there's that 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 something like maybe primal or something that's just like Holy cow, like this person. Yeah. I, I, there's a stand up comic that I know who's got this whole routine about like, you know, the ugly girl who's convinced that she's super pretty and like to the point where everyone around her is also convinced that she's super pretty. They're like, well, she's so confident. Like, she must be gorgeous. So like, maybe everything I've ever known is wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's something to that.
2: I mean, it worked for Aleister Crowley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely thought he was the hottest thing walking. You kidding me? And fucking, I mean, let, let's be real. There's some there's some appeal. If a dude walks in, he's like, yep, I'm OK. Maybe not today. Maybe not today. There's some appeal. But like back then, dude walks in the bar. This is a wizard. This is the wickedest man in the world. Probably gets him him. somewhere.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> OG oh, 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 gee, fuck boy.
2: Yeah. Mr. Crowley. Dalton's Dalton's the next Noidberg, uh, <laughs> as
0: we just found out. <laughs> We we found that out. Uh, uh, this has been a journey. Uh, yeah. This whole podcast. <laughs> yeah. Not Dalton... this was just this episode. I'm talking about like our whole our whole um back catalog up into this yeah. point.
2: <laughs> Dalton would end up topping Alistair Crowley. I think we all agree with that.
0: <laughs> I'm so glad your wife doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad she does. I, I wish I wish she would. Uh, she this would might be the hilarious episode. <laughs> that no, she be, would yes. think that's hilarious. <laughs> There's a t-shirt out there idea there Dalton tops Alistair you know what? <laughs> write that down
2: <laughs> Lord okay all right
0: so. sorry that was my bad that was no, no, that's fine. That's fine
1: we needed that we needed that <laughs> so um, a pressure Alistair ruins Victor's life he goes into the mental collapse yep. from 1940 what
0: happens yep. he tries to enroll the, in the army
1: got no money as
2: they're rolling the money they say no so Alistair needs new victims Alistair needs a little bit different scenery. Alistair moves to New York City.
1: Whoa! Yep. Okay. Alistair, Alistair, Alistair to decides America. he's going to get on a boat
2: and fucking go all the way to New York City. Which, by the way, in terms of Alistair Crowley destroys everything he touches, what boat do you think Alistair Crowley took to America? The Titanic. The Britannia. Britannic or whatever. So, the other one that sank.
1: What's The
0: Titanic.
2: Uh, no. the one before the Titanic. So,
0: yeah, the one right before oh, okay. the
2: Britannia. The Britannia.
1: I'll
0: pretend like I know what you're talking about.
2: <laughs> well, it's it's another boat like the Titanic that sank. Yeah,
0: it was like unsinkable, super big, and then yeah. they were like, "Oh, it sank," and then they're like, "Well, let's build one even bigger." The Titanic, yeah. and then they would think
1: they would stop calling these things unsinkable.
0: Yeah, because yeah.
2: yeah. it's it, that's just kind of challenging, like but something to happen. Got to sell tickets, <laughs> you know,
0: like that's how you do it.
2: <laughs> yeah, but the problem with selling tickets to that is the reason you're selling tickets is because think people are like, oh, now I want to see it sink. You're selling something that's unsinkable. It's like
1: fucking NASCAR. It's like, yeah. okay, yeah, these people are racing, but I really want to see them crash. Yeah. <laughs> we're but fucked it's, up species. But, but,
2: but like on top of that, it's like, oh, but these cars, uncrashable. You can't crash these cars.
1: <laughs> you're just begging the universe to make something happen.
2: Exactly. Um, so, yeah. Uh that was yo, know, so Alistair Crowley ruins everything he touches. Um and he moves to New York City, and all he has in his pocket is about two hundred dollars and basically a license that says that basically carries like his OT his like HO like ranking on it.
1: Uh this is long and after he was in Hermetic Order, right? This is after lawsuit and everything. This
2: is long after. Do you want to know Sir, the funny I- thing. You want to know the funny thing about that? On his own, he continues to give himself like new ranks in the HO. Which <laughs> he's not a part of anymore. And he's just bestowing them on himself. to be like, I'm that motherfucking dude. And fucking look how cool I am, everybody. And nobody <laughs> in the
1: general public gives a fuck. That's how he's like such a special brand of confidence to be able to. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Like he crowns himself like magus which is supposed to be, like, some sort of, like, fantastical wizard shit, and it's, like, dude, and that's, I guess, uh, that's a very, like, important thing to note about Aleister Crowley. Just real quick, before we get into his time in America, of how Aleister Crowley, like, tries to live this life of, like, subversion, of, like, living outside of these, like, you know, trying to subvert the Bible, trying to live outside the Bible. Like he's not in the HO, but he still operates and practices magic based on the way HO says magic should be practiced. You know what I mean? He's still, you know, he's he's living in sin, but sin according to the Bible. You know what I mean? Right. He's still operates in these very like confined ideals
0: right right like he's, always he's still within the guidelines of you know christianity but yeah. he's just he's, like I'm, I'm gonna be a bad boy within these Rather than yeah. rather than like completely dismissing all and dismantling yeah. all of that he's, yeah that's the framework for all of everything
2: yeah. and done. then like i said even with magic with how hell, he'll still operate within the lines of the ho despite the fact that he wants nothing to do with them
1: apparently Right, it just can't escape order. Yeah, he wants to seem like he creates disorder, but it's really quite the opposite. Yes. So, and actually, this raises a
2: really interesting theory that uh, Gary Lachman proposes in his book, um, because based on things like this, and based on apparently Aleister Crowley also had a lot of difficulty with like turns of phrases. Apparently, Aleister Crowley took things very literally. I mean, including the Bible and everything. So Gary Lockman at one point even uh, proposes or whatever you, however you would say that, uh, you know, he has a theory that Aleister Crowley might've been autistic Hmm. and it kind of lines up. You know what? I wouldn't discount that. Yeah. It kind of lines up and obviously ritualistic
0: stuff is, is very, you know, that, that, that wouldn't surprise me at all either. Just based on just the ritualistic stuff alone. You know,
2: and that's not us disparaging that or anything. No, obviously, all. No, no, we have, uh, you
0: know, obviously I have a lot
2: of autistic friends. Uh, I myself have been suspected to be on the spectrum a little bit. Uh, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. We're just saying there is a set of traits that yeah. kind of go along with that. And Aleister Crowley demonstrates some of those traits. And that's not what makes Aleister Crowley a shitty person. You know, Aleister Crowley is shitty outside of all that stuff. Oh, yeah. We're just saying it, it it lines up and perhaps explains some of the behavior of Aleister Crowley of how he does take things literally. How he does operate in these set guidelines of, you know, the guidelines set by Christianity guidelines set right. by the hermetic order rules that he's got to obey. Like you stay within these bounds. Exactly. Hmm. i just I, I thought that was interesting uh something for someone more intelligent to me than me to really <laughs> look into
0: than any of the three knuckleheads on this call right yeah, now. yeah, yeah. <laughs> by the way just really quick correction because i just wanted to the the ship he came over on was the Lusitania.
2: sorry the, the britannica came after yeah Lusitania, yeah,
0: which did make it over here and was eventually uh torpedoed by the nazis there you go dalton uh, and killed 1200 people on board they, they got Shot down well, by a German. I Europe. don't think it's a good look to say Nazis and then immediately say there you go, don't well. You were just you were <laughs> you were so desperately craving Nazi content earlier. I just wanted to make sure that you had your fill. Yeah, I'm just a really big fan of uh Call of Duty 2. Be careful, be careful, Call of Duty careful. 2, Call of Duty 2. <laughs> they stormed the beaches,
1: you know, or where's that medal of honor? I don't know that was call of duty world at
0: war when i say you know uh we talk about nazis and then you go i'm just a really big fan of it's like oh every alarm in my head just went <laughs> ring, burr, burr, bad burr, shit burr, crazy yeah
1: <laughs> back it up terry back it up
0: Our podcast to reverse. is going down like that
1: ship
0: <laughs> oh lord please don't oscillate the audio <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay so he comes over on the Lithuania. And no, we're, America. no we're past that we're
2: past,
0: that. We're past, we're past,
2: past that. that oh oh no i guess and so he settles in new york city uh and it turns out uh dollars in your pocket and a a little card that says you're a magus uh doesn't get you very far in new york city um so for the first time in his life 39 and holding Alistair Crowley needs to get himself a job.
0: And he has no experience.
2: Doing anything. anything. (laughs) So, what do you guys think Alistair Crowley does for work? Janitor. Uh, Austin, any guesses?
0: Well, I would say the post office, because that's where all these bozos end up working. But I don't think that works for him.
2: So, uh, Austin's closer. (laughs) Um, Alistair Crowley goes to work writing for a propaganda paper called The Fatherland. Oh, my God. Which is a pro-German newspaper trying to convince oh, America to stay man. out of World War I. Now, this is not Nazis. This is not Nazis. That's Yet. an important distinction to make. But the, the point of this propaganda paper was to try to keep America out of World War
0: One. Clearly, he's not a very convincing writer, because that is not what happened.
2: <sighs> yeah. But, I mean, literally you know it's it's it kind of you start to see the side of Aleister Crowley to where he'll he's when he becomes desperate for money he will do anything for money
0: but you also said too that he's really anti-Semitic so this this is like there's yeah. there's a very clear path coming yeah
2: um he does this for years like he does this for I mean not until like world war two is about to start but he does become the senior
1: editor for this paper. So wait, he did this through World War One, like yeah, yeah. while the U.S. was involved with World War One. Uh, he 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 was specifically the point of the paper
2: was to try to prevent the U.S. from getting involved.
1: But he, it went up to World War Two, right? No, no. Aleister Crowley never shilled for the Nazis. Okay. Okay. Well, when does Germany become the not? Okay, th- that's the whole separate podcast. Nineteen thirties. So-
2: <laughs> Again, we'll teach you history some other time, Dalton. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so Crowley becomes the senior editor for this German propaganda paper. Uh, so when I said traitor to England, that's where that comes from. Huh. Uh, so you, you won't be surprised that a little bit after World War uh, I ends, when Alistair decides he's going to try to move back to Europe, uh, England says no get the Uh-oh. fuck out of here <laughs> and the, they are probably better off for fucking it. traitor get out of here um so he doesn't stay long uh it's very brief uh just long enough to meet a school teacher um by the name of leah hersig and it's with leah hersig who becomes his scarlet woman at the time uh who he develops the Abbey of Thalema with.
1: Give a quick little brief uh, description of the Abbey of Thalema. I was actually oh. going to say,
0: what is, so where, where he's, so now where is he? He want, got out of the New York. He was very briefly
2: in England again, okay. okay, but there was a lot of pressure to basically tell him to leave. So I'll, I'll give you kind of the very short version of the Abbey of Thalema. So he moves back to London. And the, the, there's this right wing tabloid called John Bull um, who immediately begins attacking Alistair Crowley. And I mean, one, because he's a wizard and this is a right wing tabloid. So obviously they're not down with that shit. Uh, but two, also because he's like a direct traitor to England at this point, because he just spent years as the senior editor for a German propaganda paper. Uh, so he was, he's literally like labeled as traitorous scum. And, like, there's whispers that apparently he was also working for the British intelligence during uh, World War One, but I think that's kind of bullshit, so I'm not going to really touch on it much. Uh, Pe- Aleister Crowley thinks about suing the John Bull tabloid. He doesn't. Um, and instead, like I said with this Scarlet Woman, Leah Herzig, um, he moves to Paris. Now, before he goes to Paris, and this is a very important as- aside and it explains a lot of what's about to come next. Aleister Crowley goes to the doctor for asthma. The doctor prescribes Alistair Crowley heroin. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so it is important to note from everything here on, we're, we're at about January 1920 right now. Everything from here on is Aleister Crowley high off his ass on heroin.
0: <laughs> yeah, Alistair <laughs> Plus alcohol, plus heroin, plus everything else. etc. cetera. Covered.
2: So, Alistair Crowley spends the rest of his life horribly addicted to heroin. And I think that's just an important thing to know. So, Alistair Crowley and Leah Herzig moved to Paris and rent a house in Fontainebleau. Um, and they are then also later joined in Paris by... Another Scarlet Woman of Alistair Crowley's, because now he's pulling two of them. Because if we've learned anything by now, is that no matter what, Alistair crowley is going to find a way to get laid. <laughs> he's
0: got it in a harem, is the best way to do that. You construct your own. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there's the, the other
2: Scarlet Woman's name is Nanette Shumway. And during this time, Alistair Crowley has
0: another child.
1: God damn it. Can someone just cut the street's balls off at this point? I mean, <laughs> do we need any more Crowley Juniors running around at this point?
0: Alistair. He might be into that.
2: Alistair. Yeah, he honestly he is. Um, (laughs) Alistair and Leah Herseg's daughter, Anne, is born around this time. And this is also around the time that Crowley, now living with two women, decides, hey, I want to form like this community or like coven of Thelemites, which he called the Abbey of Thelema. Gotcha. They find what's described as kind of like a little old villa in Sicily, and they move everybody there.
1: So they and, go from Paris to Italy.
2: Yes. Okay. Uh, which is important to note for later. But the Abbey Thalema is in Sicily. Um, Crowley moves himself, Leah, uh, Nanette Shumway, and at this point uh, his daughter Anne, and Leah Hersig has two other children. Oh,
1: wow. Was it for yeah. alistair
2: no, yeah, they were before Alistair. Okay. And they all moved to Sicily in this, what's basically a cabin. Jesus Christ.
1: So not only is he, like, ruining her life, ruining his child's life, he's ruining two kids' lives that weren't even, like, didn't even have anything to do with them. Nope. So,
2: the Abbey of Philema kind of becomes a testament to human depravity. Um, It is... A place where everybody—I mean—they wear robes all the time. (laughs) They're performing rituals all throughout the day. Crowley's painting, which, by the way, he's a terrible painter. (laughs) Um, Really, they these fucking assholes are too. Yes, Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why all these guys try to paint. I really don't. But so he decides he's going to start painting. Um, And as time goes on, more people start showing up more followers Valster Crowley starts showing up and this is really around the time to where he really kind of starts becoming a cult leader without really becoming a cult leader you know what i mean yeah so uh actually uh Jane Wolfe, who was a film star in the 1920s also at one point shows up to the Abbey of Thelema and lives here for a little bit um
0: like there's always someone like one person from hollywood that gets involved in these things right oh right there's there's a
2: bunch of people we could have sprinkled in here into this story that i have omitted
0: right right uh, that are like famous as fuck right there's at least one like you know charles manson had um you know brian wilson not brian Wilson, dennis wilson dennis wilson um you know you've got all these just like weirdos that have one person that nexium cult with the girl from um smallville Yep. Oh, yeah. There's always one.
2: Um, So more and more people start arriving. And if I were to describe what the Abbey of Thalema was like, uh, filthy. Because one of the most important parts of, like, Alistair Crowley's, like, rituals at this time uh, is human shit.
1: Oh, God. I knew it was going to go there.
2: So human shit's all over the place. It's filthy. Nobody's cooking. Nobody's cleaning. There's just drugs laying around because on top of heroin... Uh, there's also a fuck ton of cocaine. Uh, children running around. Multiple children running around Just at this point. In shit. Covered in shit. As there's drugs everywhere. Uh, children. Now, Aleister Crowley never involved children in the sex magic rituals. Uh, but they did watch them. It's still gross. Very yeah, gross. still gross. So, and at this time, Aleister Crowley, as everything's kind of falling apart is where Alistair Crowley kind of insists that the slaves will show up to serve like that non-Phalomites will show up to kind <laughs> of take of care. care of everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, which yeah, not a a way, cult. he's not incorrect about that. Oh, really? Um, so as time goes on, more and more people arrive. One of them uh, is Cecil Frederick Russell, who, um, when he arrives he's kind of treated like shit just because he doesn't agree with the same sex ritual magic that's happening and that he is being like required to perform to stay here so he kind of gets he leaves after a year but his time in the abbey is very uh unhappy for him um which i mean fine he's a homophobe whatever <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, you could label him a homophobe, but I have to—I have to say, uh, if I was in that situation with human shit and children running okay, yeah, around, okay, that I'd have—I'd have plenty of excuses to get out of that.
1: Yes, yeah. <laughs> but I like—I mean, to cite the uh, right. specifically the, the, the gay sex yeah, is right, happening. Right, right. right. Yeah, yeah, but the thing that blows your mind—that's the problem. That's the yes, problem. Right? That was exactly. the problem. Human shit. Exactly. That was There's drugs problem. everywhere. There's shit the problem, probably but. going in orifices. Yes. And the gay sex. Oh, Crowley's eating it. Crowley's eating it.
0: Okay, Dom. No. (laughs) No.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: So, um, yeah. Uh, This is also where he writes one of his more famous works, Diary of a Drug Fiend, which is completed in July of 1922. Um, And it's another book that gets him in trouble, uh, mostly by like British right wing tabloids. Would just say it's filth. Um, but it, it is actually kind of an interesting read. Uh it's it's one of those that's I mean, all of his books are still available, they're all public domain by this point. Um uh another one of these quote unquote slaves that shows up is the wife of young fellow mate Raul Loveday, uh Betty May, who she fucking shows up, and though Love Day is like devoted to Crowley, she can't fucking stand this guy and just starts you know and she, again she's treated like shit you know she's treated like a slave at this point, basically when i say this is the closest alistair crowley ever gets to being a cult leader it's he kind of is one at this point he just never labels himself as one but if he really wanted to be he could have been at this time he really he could have been a full-on cult
0: leader at this point it's also funny too because i you know like I, reading about a lot of these not crowley specifically but like our last episode that would have posted when you hear this is James Strang. And I didn't cover this because there's just there was so much else to cover, but spousal, like external spouse trouble leads to so much havoc in these like tight knit circles. I mean, yeah. There were there there were wives of some of the guys that followed uh, Strang that came in and just absolutely caused chaos with the with misation, the And it's interesting that it happens sort of over and over and over again where it it, it, specifically it's like the guy is following this personality and his wife comes in can immediately see through all the bullshit yes and it's just havoc because of this this one person that comes in and just goes crazy and it's it's i think it's super fascinating because it does happen over and over again in a lot of different situations um so yeah so that's i think that's kind of a
2: oh it's it's about to wreak a lot more havoc but uh and it, it it's actually what causes the Abbey of Thelema to be no more here pretty soon. But, uh, it, I mean, surprise, surprise, before we get into that, I do just want to point out that uh, Crowley's daughter, Anne, um, in the Abbey does pass
0: away. We just know for, like, the have poor conditions at the Abbey.
2: Yep. Yeah. Uh, she got very, very sick, and then she died.
0: This dude's life is riddled with dead children. It's yep. crazy.
2: Yeah. Orange warned us. He did say I, at
0: the beginning, "Lots of dead kids."
2: Yeah, lots of dead kids, lots of dead people, lots of dead kids. Um, hopefully Lola is okay. Ho- hopefully she made we, something.
0: We stand, Lola.
2: Yes, <laughs> I hope. I hope she went and she found happiness somewhere. So, uh, our our buddy Richard, or, or sorry, Raoul Loveday here, uh, with his wife that hates the place. So, with May, really kind of. Detesting everything that's going on. That at one point also kind of gets Crowley to not view Love Day in such a wonderful light. So, what May says is that anytime anybody in the Abbey used the word I, they were required to cut themselves with razors.
1: Uh, Man, don't like that. Nope.
2: That's Which- cult shit. That's cult shit. Yep. Oh, it gets worse. So I, I alleged I I I alluded to before that the rich Love Day and Betty May kind of lead to the end of the Abbey of Thalema. Um unfortunately this also leads to the end of Raul Love Day. Um because as a part of a ritual, Crowley makes Raul drink the blood of a sacrificed cat. It's real gross.
0: Oh, Fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Now, real very shit. I I don't know
2: how much medical knowledge you guys have.
0: Not as much as you. I'm very almost sure none.
2: <laughs> so, when when foreign things like cat blood enter the body, your body doesn't like it. Uh and your immune system immediately begins attacking it. Uh that also means that your body begins to attack whatever this you know wherever these foreign bodies are located and wouldn't you know like most substances that pass through the body uh the cat blood was being processed by the liver within days raul Loveday enters liver failure from his own immune system attacking his liver and dying
0: now do you think he was also in, in doing drugs and drinking 100 percent, 100 so he's already got a compromised liver and then yeah you, you introduce yeah, yeah.
1: But this this kills a person quick. Right. This would kill a person fucking quick. So what would have happened if Raoul said no? Would have there been any consequences for him or uh probably not. Oh man.
2: Because if you remember correctly, Crowley's whole thing is like do as thou wilt is the whole of the law.
0: Right. So So like it
2: could have been, you know, and this is gonna I'm not gonna I'm gonna clarify here in a minute, and I'm not victim blaming here. So I don't think much would have happened to him if he would have said no. That's just my theory here. But you also remember that Raul Loveday was one of those guys who was very devoted to to Crowley. He would have done anything for him. Crowley says jump. Fucking Raul asks how high. So there was no fucking way Raul was saying no.
1: So what happens after the, he passes away? Is there like an investigation? or? Oh,
2: there's an investigation. And do you know who's running Italy at this time? Dalton? <laughs> Mussolini, Benito Mussolini. You got it. (laughs) Who does not like leftists? Does not like occultists, and
0: does not like Aleister Crowley. Who's not a leftist? Who's not a leftist, but he definitely isn't occultist. Yeah, but he's a free love libertarian. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) which you could easily mistake, maybe if you weren't looking very hard. (laughs) I wasn't. I wasn't
2: calling Aleister Crowley a leftist. I was just listing
0: the things. Benito Mussolini does. I'm, like. I'm just defending leftist. I was like, don't put that motherfucker <laughs> out no.
2: here. No, 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 no. He's not no, he's not one of us. Uh, <laughs> we're so, not claiming him. <laughs> yeah. So like, Crowley gets deported, which realistically could have been worse. Yeah, yeah, I think this, he got off really easy on that. Yeah. I mean, he could have they could have just killed him. I was saying,
0: considering the regime. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. They could have just killed him. So uh a little bit later in life, Crowley now has to move back to London and Crowley at this point he's getting into his fifties uh really kind of end of life uh portion here for Crowley um so do you remember how earlier his friends suggest that maybe he should try to sue John Bull the tab the right-wing tabloid for quote-unquote slandering his name well Crowley doesn't have any money so Crowley decides you know what I think I'm going to go do that.
1: Oof, wow. Yep. So. Well, he's he's getting near 50 at this point. So I think over his sugar 50. baby. We're fa- over 50. We're o- over 50. 50. So I think his sugar baby phase has to be over. Yep. There's
2: there's not. There's no money coming anywhere else. There's yeah. no daddies the dot daddies daddiescom at this point. Yeah. The wells kind of run dry. So this is what he's deciding to do. Um, And during this. So it's it's a libel, it's a slander case, whatever. And Would you like to know what the judge tells Aleister Crowley during <laughs> this case?
0: I'm curious because libel and slander laws in England are fucking wild. They
2: are. But the judge the, keep in mind, this is Aleister Crowley. This is the most wickedest man alive. This is the great beast 666. This is the man who literally has a string of bodies behind him. This is an out and out bisexual who people have sued others for slander before people have sued other publications before just for saying that that person was involved with Aleister crowley and have won those cases jesus the judge looks alistair crowley dead in the face and says sir you do not have a reputation which to slander <laughs> you have no reputation that could be slandered any worse than anything you have you yourself have not already.
1: Wow, that's wild. But so is the case. You could just say on. anything you want about Crowley.
2: He doesn't have a reputation to fucking you know. You can't slander him worse. Yeah. Then so at this point, do you remember how I said Alex? He kind of Alex Jones is himself. Yeah. When I say that, what I mean is, Alistair Crowley at this opportunity in court. Had the opportunity to stand up and kind of like, yes, I am the motherfucking most wickedest man alive. You know, all these things about me are true. Fuck you, fuck you. I am the devil. Very
0: Joker esque. Dal- yeah. Dalton is also grinning from ear to ear because he thinks he knows where this is going. He is yep. very excited. For oh, because I who said he I was showing see him. Him himself. I know you can't see him, but he's really getting st- <laughs> psyched.
2: And instead, what Aleister Crowley decides to do is, he's just like, no, no, no. That's all just a character. That's not the real me. <laughs> Those nicknames aren't even mine. The, the the real really what people call me is Little Sunshine. Did he really say that? Yes. It's, oh my god.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so like, this is this is this is what I this is what frustrates me about guys like this. And it's the same thing about like it's 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 all bullshit. And they know it. And they just believe so hard until they get into a predicament where they know they're going to be in a lot of trouble. And then they, they 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 tip their cards like give me it's a grifter. It's that, not even that he's in a lot of trouble. He is the plaintiff in this
2: in this case. Right. He
0: he needs the money.
2: He needs the money. It's not even it's not even that he would get in trouble. He he's doing this. And do you know how much this this fucking li- this slander case is for? Do you know what scared. the amount Crowley's asking for?
0: Five hundred dollars.
2: Five hundred dollars. Holy shit! That Jesus was a guess. Christ. That was a- <laughs> Five hundred dollars. That's he it. He is shilling. He is getting. He is shilling out his reputation as the wickedest man alive for five
0: hundred dollars.
2: God, that's, that's not very
0: wicked at all. That's so pathetic.
2: It's enough to go get a few more hits of heroin. That's, oh man. Ugh. So Crowley loses the case. I think that was a given. That the judge is just like, no, get
0: out of here. You should have read Trudeau's book about, like, tapping your face to relieve your uh, addiction problem.
1: You can find more about that in the If You Catch My Gift Archives. So
2: Crowley loses the case. And he spends his last few years, as World War II approaches, he offers himself as an intelligence officer to the the British. They say no. Uh, He spends the last few years of his life still taking Scarlet Women. Uh, doing drugs, fucking till his dick doesn't work, um, and then on December first, nineteen forty-seven, Alistair Crowley just passes away from
0: chronic bronchitis uh, at That's age seventy-two. How he went out. Yep. Bronchitis broke his shit and bronchitis. Yep. Ugh doesn't end it doesn't end well for a lot of these guys you you just see it over and over again too yeah i I think that's the remarkable thing about like when we talk about all these fucking grifters is a how familiar the grifts are and i mean they're all like a different flavor of the same thing you know the pattern and they all have like a really equal shelf life there's some that can keep it going a lot longer than others but like they all come to an end, you know. Yeah. They all have a they all have a a, a shelf life, and you mm-hmm. run that out, and you're done. But yeah. at the
1: same time, I feel like Crowley was very different. It was less like like a Ponzi or a Trudeau or a torsiani and more like sugar daddy extraordinaire or yeah. sugar baby extraordinaire.
0: In a way, yeah. Um, I mean, he was a con man. He was oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like a, yes. the truest sense of like the confidence, and he just he didn't play. He played one person, one or two rich people at a time yeah. and kind of worked his way that way. But he was still doing the same thing, just maybe not on as big a scale as Yeah. And and with a flair for the drama that the other guys didn't have by being yeah. fucking edgeless.
2: Yeah. And uh allegedly Crowley's uh there's two differing reports on what Crowley's last words were. Uh <laughs> one's one's much more sensationalized, and then there's one that I think is probably what his last words were. So, the much more sensationalized version of the story puts his last words as being, I am perplexed. um, Which, you know, could make sense.
1: Like, I'm Uh, confused. Like, why is this happening to me?
2: Yeah. Or whatever is happening. But more realistically, and the version of the story, I believe, personally, uh, Crowley's last words are, I hate myself. uh... And I think realistically, that's probably what they were.
0: Well, and, and so I mean, here's the thing about that. It's like if you have enough of an impact on people, good, bad, or otherwise, that people are arguing over your last words, you really made a mark on on the world. And and that's what's so maybe disappointing is that there's still people that kind of follow, you know, his his belief system. There's people oh, that, that really delve into this as like a, a scholarly topic. I mean, I'm like you're like, Jesus Christ, this guy was fucking horrible, but people are yeah. still like really enthralled with this world and you're one like, of hey. one of the most influential figures of
2: the late 19th early 20th century by far to who I- whose impact we still really see a lot today right which is a um, shame
0: uh in yeah, some ways to an in some ways you know uh,
2: i know a lot of followers of Thelema and i didn't mean to lambast you guys at the top I've, it's all in fun uh, if we have any <laughs> thelemites listening it's all in fun um oh, i and actually a lot of thelemites would probably agree with a lot of what we've said here uh, on this podcast today because actually thelema as a religion as a movement really has kind of moved away from alistair crowley it's good i think no um, that's kind of that very is- much have tried to distance themselves from alistair crowley Because um, well, bad
0: bad people can have good ideas
1: yes do as you will isn't a bad mindset to have but there's no. got to be limits on it you know there's well, got to be
2: As I said earlier, with like practicing um, like Satanism and everything and how very much different Satanism is, it kind of does take that do as thou wilt, but kind of adds caveats of cause no harm. uh, Right. Don't do on, you know, don't actively make people's lives worse. Do as thou wilt with, you know, you know, respect to other humans and
0: respect to your surroundings. I just, and I'm I, putting it into context as for the other people we've talked to. I mean, some of the folks that we've talked about are still alive, but yep. I'd be willing to wager that their their impact doesn't outlast their death by very much, you know. No. But most of the people that we've talked to, with the exception of of Strang, who honestly his his influence has wavered so much over the years, I think there's like 500 practicing Strangites in the in the United States. But most of yeah. them, as soon as they're gone that's it game over their yeah. their thoughts and belief systems and yeah they're, it's over but not him yep. he's this crowley, guy is one that's really Crowley almost a becomes bigger after death 100 yeah. percent.
2: yep uh crowley almost becomes much much bigger after death he he's a brand at this point yeah i think alistair crowley's a brand
0: yep i mean you
2: know?
1: to this day you see his influence and in like uh things that things that we like like wrestling alister black that's a name yep, derived yep. from alister Crowley yeah yep
0: yep edge lords edge lords yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah you know he he is
2: you know that brand of like dark magic he's the first dude you think of you know it's almost corporate at this point
0: yeah i know almost 100%. it is put his ass in a black sabbath song that didn't hurt no not at all
2: Fucking, you know, you could even fucking trace Alistair Crowley's influence throughout the rest of the 20th century. Yeah. You know, you can blame your, I guess, I don't know if blame's the right word, but you can kind of blame uh, Alistair Crowley and his teachings for kind of the end of the free love hippie movement. Um, because the guy who was teaching magic to the Rolling Stones and everything at the time was a direct Thelemite and student of Alistair right. Crowley who was also the same guy who hired the hell's angels to work security at that one rolling stones concert in that Ultima. died in Altima, where they got stabbed by where a fan got stabbed by the hell's angels. And then that kind of ends the free love hippie movement.
1: That was it. That was the hey, moment. Tell me more about this later. I'm really interested in this. All right. Yeah. It, that's <laughs> we'll another wild story. But yeah,
2: Aleister Crowley is, you know, his hands are all over that. And
0: that happened well after he died well call me seed now call me old-fashioned but mm-hmm. i mean i'm i'm more of a rasputin guy myself uh, enough, but yeah. i could definitely recognize Crowley and what he's done
2: <laughs> yeah i mean hell if we want to really really get into it we can talk about crowley's also the probably the reason we have scientology as a thing yeah because yeah of uh l ron hubbard's original like partner in like creating that whole thing
0: uh he was a Thelemite and noted student of Aleister Crowley. You could say the modern American new religious movement. I think it, you know, the the I think Mormonism may have started it, but that was, mm-hmm. you know, the, I think that the modern part is key. You know, I think yeah. Mormonism was the American new religious movement. You know, mm-hmm. American New religious movement, and then you know someone like Crowley, there's a few more players about that same time that really came through and they were like, "Well, this is what it would look like in modern times, like a hundred years after Joseph Smith, and and uh, yeah, yeah, there's something there's something this is the template. yeah, I think that's that's really a fascinating part of the story.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. And you know, like I said, he he is the face of the occultism movement, yeah, so, so it's wow. like he's, yeah, Alistair Crowley.
1: That's it, man. Uh, so, Austin, what's next for uh, what we got going on next week?
0: I have a couple of things. I'm not sure what order we're going to do this, but. Um, one of my favorite things every four years of send, you know, if you do a little bit more reading into it, you realize like what a bunch of weirdos and greed bags and grifters there are involved in that organization. So that's a possible one. We got some psychic detectives that we might talk about. Uh, we got, we got fun stuff coming up, so stay tuned. Cause I'm not sure what I'm going to be able to get done in the time that I got, but it'll be, I, I promise some fun stuff, uh, coming up. Okay. Well, I'm going to give the floor to our friend Orange Flacity,
1: aka the Rochester Birdman, aka uh, 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 cool dude. Big <laughs> <Hey>, Bird. Uh, <laughs> what, but, you got any plugs? What you, want, what you want to throw out there?
2: Uh, man, just follow me on Twitter at Orange Flacity. Uh, I don't have much else going on right now. You can hang out with me. Uh, I don't think it'll be out by the time this won't. podcast <laughs> drops. Oh, it might be day of, maybe.
0: Yeah, and we may and we'll tweet about it that uh, Dalton Yeah. a note.
2: So like if you're listening to this in the morning, uh of Saturday, July third, uh, you're lucky because at four PM, you know what you can do today? You can tune in and watch uh, MV Young's polyam cult party on Twitch. Uh the links will be probably on the Twitter. Uh and also I believe it is at GoPro Wrestling on Twitch. Uh don't quote me on that, but if you are listening to this on the day it drops, that's something you can look forward to. I will be there. Austin will be there. Uh if you catch my grift, we'll be sponsoring a three way match between PB Smooth, Big Calix and Jared Evans. Uh
0: poor Jared Evans. He's old. Yeah, little. poor Jared
2: Evans. He's a little boy. And there was <laughs> prepared uh, to die, some, Jared. Some big ass men. So uh yeah. We're all we're all team PB in that one, right?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, hundred oh, yeah. percent. Good,
2: good. All right. All right.
1: Well Go check out our friends at Pod Van Dam, IWTV Guide, Super Fantastic, Wrestling Cheers, Hard-Headed, X-Over Podcast. Uh, check us out on Twitter. My Twitter is Catch Dalton. You can find Austin at... Austin And, go-go. and you can find us on Twitter
0: and Instagram at Pod oh guys man this was fun uh yeah. it was great seeing you guys in person oh, yeah. both of you uh last yeah. week jake looking forward to it happening again absolutely um i, I need and to I do do, happen I, again for me and jake too because i don't want to
1: leave that like bad impression of yeah. corporate taste
0: <laughs> i don't want that to be like
1: the last memory <laughs> oh, that you
0: guys and I just have one, one personal shout-out. Uh, there's, there's a specific uh, masked coffee maker that I'm uh, familiar with who I do like his product very much, and he uh, sent me a note about how great Jenny Jones was, and she fucking sucks. Ricky Lake, ride or die. Love you all.
4: We passed up on the staff. We spoke up, was and when Although I wasn't there Said I was his friend, which gave us some surprise. I spoke into his eyes. I thought you died alone, a long, long time ago. Nice.
1: Sorry, I'm Alice Jones again right now, eating while recording. It's A
0: bunch of horse shit. <laughs> shame to yourself, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. You <laughs>
3: gotta edit this
0: as an outtake later.